Uh, are you wearing shoes? Uh, yeah, I am. Are we uh, are we going out? Is this are we having an outside day? I I am not wearing shoes. Oh, I see. I've done it with socks on. In the wintertime, I often do it with my slippers. <laughs> and I, it's so ungodly hot here that I, and, and we have air conditioning, but it's, it's like the air conditioning is struggling to keep up. It's losing the battle. We were down in Florida for some, uh, uh, you know, see some of the theme parks for family vacation. And the weather is. <laughs> Is of course stifling hot and humid down in Orlando, Florida, and it is ex- exactly the same here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, we always plan our uh, our trip back east um, to coincide with the worst possible weather. So um, early August, we'll be we'll be going to we'll be going to Baltimore in August. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> Baltimore is absolutely beautiful in August. <laughs> it's the time it couldn't be better. It's just like you to give your sweat glands a, a good. Uh, you know, yeah, right. It's like it's a cleanse. Yeah. You know, it's like like when they when they you, your car gets service, they put it up on the thing where the wheels spin, and then they you know put the you gotta you gotta put the gas all the way down. That's mm-hmm. that's like you know you just get a you know do that with your sweat glands. Yeah, flush out all the toxins. Barefoot, I'm absolutely barefoot. And I got and I got a lot of toxins, so we can roll right into this. I one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. I really do. I like a little parenting, little parenting episode here of the talk show. Um, because uh, I was catching up on uh, podcasts, and the ATP guys were talking about uh, "quote unquote" screen time, mm-hmm. and made the the excellent point. We don't we don't really talk about screen time here in our family either. That it's um, uh, Syracuse has had a big long rant about it, but basically, it's no it's no fair to just say screen time because it, you know if a kid's reading a book on an iPad. Right. Why does that count as screen time? I mean, it's like there's yeah. things that you might want to limit, like watching TV and YouTube and movies and playing video games. Um, right. I don't. Is, is Hank aware that there are such things as video games? <laughs> you jo- might have played one or Jonas. You might have played one or two. Jonas has discovered them, and he's seen me play them. <laughs> I know that much. Uh, I don't. It is interesting, though. Amy and I. I. Uh, you know, we don't really have like a hard and fast rule about it. And I think, yeah. if anything, we are probably a little too lax uh, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, probably we're probably much the same. Uh, Jonas is of the personality that, uh, you know, he's very sociable. He is, but he would happily spend his entire summer in <laughs> doing nothing but playing video games in our house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, then yeah, Hank would do that, you know, would do the same. And usually, I mean, our thing is just not so much screen time as it is like non-screen time. <laughs> and there's a minimum. Right. Like you've got to figure out something to do that doesn't involve looking at a screen. Right. Right. Um, and so, he, you know, he does, you know, he plays chess. We play chess with him. He likes to cook. We often have him in the kitchen to make dinner and lunch and stuff like that. And so. We do things like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, but like you said, like a lot of the stuff that he plays on, on his iPad or his iPhone is like he'll play chess or he's playing um, what, words with friends with family members. And that stuff doesn't seem bad. Right. I mean, it's certainly no, you know, it's certainly way better than um, playing, you know, I can't even think of, I mean, <laughs> he plays, he likes to, he still likes to play Flappy Bird. <laughs> and Andy, and, you know, he's much better at it than I am. So, you know. He's developed. He's developed serious Flappy Bird skills, so that's good. That'll I'm sure that'll work out well for him <laughs> later in life. One of the things that Amy and I struggle with, and it is, 
it is different from when you and I were kids because I would have had, I, well, I like playing sports and Jonas doesn't. So I would go out to play actual sports. Um, and we had a community pool in, in the small town where I grew up. That was where everybody hung out. And mm -hmm. so we'd all, you know, in the summer we'd every, I would go to the pool every day, just go to the pool. Uh, Jonas doesn't really have anything like that here. But the other thing right. that is different is that sometimes, not all the time, not even most of the time, but sometimes the games are actually sociable where his friends will, you know, text each other and say, let's all play whatever. And they, everybody, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, it seems like a very happy coincidence. I mean, maybe there's one poor kid in his gang who's got an Xbox instead of a PlayStation and I just don't know about <laughs> it and he's like excluded, but they all have PlayStation 4s. Uh, which I really don't remember when we got it that it was coordinated with his friends. It seems like a happy coincidence. But anyway, they're all on these headsets and they're yelling at each other. And it's a lot like, you know, like having them over to the house. You know, the kids are in the house, except right. the other people's stinky kids aren't in my house. So it's actually kind of <laughs> great. Uh, and, but Amy and I don't really know, you know, how, does that, is that a, you know, a little, you know, it seems, it seems almost uh, wrong to, to, you know, not to limit it, but to say, hey, enough, because it seems like that's what him and his friends want to do to play with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is kind of what we would have done, like going out someplace. Right. And doing something. And I imagine, I mean, I would feel, I would think that where you live, I mean, maybe he's getting old enough now, but it's not exactly the kind of environment that you would just like let a kid out the door. and. No, we, well, I, Amy and I differ on that a little bit. I, I'm a little bit more willing to start letting him Mm -hmm. go out and about and amy is still of the, the he's 12 so you know yeah. just for just yeah. for the client not that everybody knows how old my kid is but he's 12 heading into seventh grade um amy is still very over not overprotective <laughs> very protective <laughs> and perhaps reason perhaps you know to the point where i don't i don't you know i i, I almost defer to her wisdom that you know but I still think, though, that I think the world at large is very different. You and I grew up as like the last of the wild, feral kids. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, but I just li I lived in a different environment, too. I mean, it was a much more it was a much smaller town. Yeah. And lots of we had woods in the backyard and, you know, trails um, leading in all directions. And so, we, yeah, I mean, we were just, you know, I mean, I could go out the door anytime and just play in the woods or something we playing in the woods was the thing that we did um we don't have that i mean you know if he goes out to play in the woods here it's you know inhabited by homeless people um so it's not <laughs> it's not the same we and he but we you know but it is important for him to do and we're kind of you know we're getting the i mean and we, we've done a you know like he's got a friend who lives like three blocks away and you know we will let him walk over there anytime he wants to um, so he's, you know, he gets, he gets to do, he gets definitely gets to do some of that. And, um, you know, the other, like, uh, what was it? Was it 4th of July? Anyway, it was a few weeks ago and we had some friends over and like, he had a buddy with, you know, with this, um, other couple and, and they, they, we were having dessert, I think. And we didn't, we were at a like whipped cream and he loves to have like whipped cream on his ice cream. So, so there was a, well, you know, and, and, you know, instead of complaining about it, why don't you walk over to the convenience store and get, you know, which is like four blocks from here. Why don't you walk to the convenience store and go get some? And so the two of them just, you know, we gave them like five bucks and they walked out the door and, and then, you know, they walked over and bought it and came back and, and that's the, I mean, it that seems, stuff is fine. Particularly now, I mean, like, you know, when there's, particularly when there's two of them, 
I feel yeah. much better about it. It seems ridiculous, right? That that's like a a moment, mm-hmm. but I know exactly what you mean. Like we're exactly right. at the exact same stage where it's like, well, I, I, I swear to God, it was like a couple months ago. Uh, we gave Jonas a letter to drop in the mailbox. <laughs> And it was like, and he was like, are you sure? And we're like, we're sure. It'll be all right. Take your phone. (laughs) I can remember when Hank was really young. I mean, he was three, maybe. Um, And I can't remember if it was a letter. I think it was like a card or something that we had, like a birthday card for one of the grandparents or something like that. And um, he had sat down with Karen to sign it and like put in the envelope, put a stamp on it and address it. And so they did that. And then um, Karen kind of like turned her back (laughs) and, and, uh, and she was like, and then like a minute or two later, she says, we're like, where's, where's Hank? Where where the heck is Hank? And we noticed the front door is open (laughs) and he had just like, Grab the thing. He knew where the mailbox is, like three blocks away. Right. <laughs> and he was booking to the mailbox. <laughs> he was going to mail that letter. So that it, was, card. it was like an assertion of independence. Well, you know, it was just, I don't even think it was, well, sort of, but I mean, I think it was mostly just like he knew that was the next thing that needed to be done and he was going to do it. Right. He was just going to take care of it. And, and this little, you know, this little three-year-old is running up, running up the street. And, and this is long before he knew enough about crossing the street and, and people can bomb through this neighborhood sometimes. So, you know, naturally being the, the, the modern day parents that we are, we freaked out and chased after him, <laughs> like tackled him like a half a block away and <laughs> brought him back because we're idiots. Instead of like running up and saying, okay, let's go. <laughs> we were like, oh my God, where are you going? What's going on? Another thing, and at first we didn't realize what he was doing. All we knew was that he was just like off and running. And then later, <laughs> I think we were like, oh, he was going to the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, the, he had the letter. Yeah. 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 Which we should have figured out. But I think the, the panic of like not seeing, you know, there's that moment where you like, you turn around and the kid's gone. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, I'm that parent. <laughs> Like, I'm that parent that was in the news. Yeah, for us, uh, a big part of it is definitely, at least in my mind, is honestly just the safety of crossing the street because, yeah, you know, cars go fast, fast enough that, you know, they would kill you. Yeah, yeah. Well, here we have all these, you know, we have a mess of intersections with no stop signs. Yeah. So it's a four way, you know, it's like a four way, no stop and nobody knows how to deal with them. Um, Technically you're supposed to let the person, like if you arrive at the same time, the person to the right has the right of way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, But very few people know that. And usually the way, the, what, what people think is the person who's going the fastest gets to go. I, I, I'm going faster than you. I should get to go. I grew up in the small town where uh, Amy and I grew up was lots and lots of, almost everything was a four-way stop. Uh, and what I remember, you know, in the handful of years where I was of driving age and living there was that the, the procedure was, uh, it, it's like what, you know, living in suburbia full of very nice people is both drivers like wave to each other. Both of them wave saying, you go, no, you oh, go, yeah, yeah. you go. And then eventually <laughs> and then one you of sit there forever. One of you gives up after 30 seconds <laughs> and, and, and goes. Well, usually what happens is you both give up at the same time and then you right. both start going. And then, then the whole process starts all right. over again. Right. I like this idea and I bet you're right. That makes total sense. I would, uh, if I, if I yeah. ever learned that to pass the driver's, test written exam i've since right. forgotten it that i had forgotten it for the longest time and 
in our first house here, it didn't it didn't really matter because we were on a busy street and it was it there were stop signs all the way along it. Um, but then we moved to this house uh, like twelve years ago, yeah. And since then, I've had to learn. How about this smart guy? What if what if it's uh, two cars facing each other and they both want to make lefts and they arrive at the same time? They both want to make lefts. They can go. <laughs> Right? No. Yes, they can. If they're both facing, if they're across the way, they both want to make left. So you can, they can both go. You mean, you mean they both want to go the same? Like one wants to make a left, the other one wants to make a right. Or both going to the same road. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that I, that I, I think it's the person who wants to make a right who gets to go. Ah. Oh, oh. Because the other person is turning across traffic and must yield. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I bet you're a good driver. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm an awesome driver. <laughs> Doesn't everybody say that? I don't. It's always I, the other guy. I horrible. know that there's oh, it's, yeah, not it's you. A phen- not you because you had your license taken away. A phenomenal number of people. I, I do. It is true that if you like the Gallup poll, it's like, do you think you're an above average driver? And it's it's like 95 yeah. percent of all people respond. I would respond, no, I'm I'm a terrible driver. Who? So who there? Is your, do you have a, I mean, everybody has like someone that you um, ridicule and drivers from some other place that you ridicule. Um, is it, is it Massachusetts? I mean, Massachusetts drivers, I think are roundly considered they, lousy drivers. They are the worst. We lived there for two years and we never, never ceased being astounded by how bad Massachusetts drivers are. But here in Philly, you don't see Massachusetts drivers very often because they, if, even if they tried to drive down here, they would get in some kind of accident by the time they get through New York. They never make it. Mm-hmm. So you don't see Massachusetts license plates as far south. Um, uh, here, it's New Jersey drivers. New Jersey okay. drivers are are the worst. And it's, and yeah. it's because uh, New Jersey uh, pretty much – I mean, I'm not going to say nowhere, but they, they severely limit the number of places where you can make a left turn. So everything is if you want to make a left, if you're on like a like a one of those like a you know, like a, a retail like all sorts of big box stores mm-hmm. street. Oh yeah, yeah. And the place like you a, wanna go strip. Yeah. The place you wanna go on is on the left. You've gotta like figure out whether it's before you gotta look for the sign where it'll tell you if you yeah. wanna get over there, make a right here mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're driving around people's houses and stuff and then you'd come <laughs> back out and then you wait at a light so that you don't have to make the left. So New Jersey drivers are incapable of making a left turn when they're in a place where you can make a left turn. Like you could just see yeah. the panic in their faces as, as they try to make a left turn. <laughs> Who is it for here you? It's, here it's, uh, well, it, well, things are, are much pol- more polite out here than, I mean, I grew up on the East Coast, so I feel like I'm a bit of an East Coast driver. Um, and, but when I, And when I moved out here, it was very surprising to me uh, to learn a much more politer way of driving um, because you let people merge and they wave to you after they merge and <laughs> um, they wave. Thank you. Um, and seriously, that, ha- that I think that happens less the longer that I've been here, um, maybe because of me, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it still, it still happens. I would say eh, maybe half the time. Um, and I think, as far as people who we consider bad drivers, um, it's um, it's people from Canada um, because they drive on the other side of the road. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I um, bet it's a Canadian. I think actually, no, it's just, I mean, I think actually maybe it is people from Canada just because they're, you, you know, they're in some place where they don't know, you know, I mean, they're 
They're from out of town. And they're panicking. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we... Now, who have we offended so far in this show? We've offended <laughs> New Jerseyans, mass... Parents. <laughs> children. I still forget. I lived there for Canadians. two years, and I still forget what you call people from Massachusetts. Massachusetts? Isn't it, isn't it, it's not mass holes? <laughs> mass holes. We've offended them. <laughs> I thought that was... Uh, <laughs> Again. I thought that was actually... Uh, one time, we were in Massachusetts, and it seemed to us, we really did seem... It did seem this way, that the way people merge in Massachusetts is they just get up to speed and hope that there's a, a, a slot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one time we were, Amy saw this. I didn't see it, but she was behind this guy and she could see that there was a guy, you know, coming on a right on a ramp and he was keeping pace with the car in front of her. And she could see that they were getting closer and closer. And she was like, who's going to move? Is the, you know, is this guy in front of me going to get over to the passing lane and let this guy in? Is that guy going to speed up? Is he going to, and instead they just slowly just bumped doors Collided. against each other. Oh, man. Uh, and then put on their turn signals and went over to the side. And uh, and Amy, I think she stopped. I really think she stopped because she was like, well, I'm a witness. Maybe I should stop too. And and it was like, they were just like, and nobody was mad at each other. Everybody was like, well, what are you going to do? Right. And, there were like, and the other thing was that there were no other cars on the road. It was like, <laughs> it wasn't like busy traffic. It was they were like, well, we both did what we were supposed to do. Yeah. And they're like, what's, you know, it's, well, what are you going to do? It was. <laughs> I also remember my commute to Bare Bones was about 25 minutes. Uh, and, you know, it was like flex time. So I could, I used to come in around, you know, 10 in the morning, 1030 or so um, to avoid traffic. And it, I could, it was, it was really a kind of a nice drive. It was just a straight shot. You could go at highway speed. Traffic was all over. Um, and in the winter, it, every, I mean, it was like all the time in, in the, the what do you call the, the thing with the grass between the, the two uh, directions, the median median. Yeah. There would be SUVs in the, you know, that, that like rolled over <laughs> in the bad weather. Like <laughs> it, it, I've never seen, I, you, you'd think like one time maybe you'd see like an SUV on the side or something like that. And, and again, it was like, and, and it never seemed like anybody was hurt. There'd be people like standing in, you know, winter coats and their cell phone. It was like, well, what are you going to do? My, my SUV flipped over. <laughs> Yeah, people have no idea how to drive in the snow out here. Obviously, uh, Massachusetts. We don't get it. People we don't should get it that often. They get so much yeah. snow. I think that, and it was always SUVs. I think it's this mentality mm. where people think like an SUV is good in the snow because that's you know it's all terrain and four wheel drive and whatever. When in fact it's harder to drive in the snow because it's so top heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't. I mean, they don't. They don't understand uh, physics. <laughs> right. And the fact that it's you know the heavier car is it's harder to stop. Yeah, I can't wait for self driving cars. I'm I I've I, I wouldn't say I have a phobia. I I think I you know, but I I do I do feel like it's it's kind of terrifying how many people get killed in car accidents. Like if you just look at the statistics, it really seems like something maybe we shouldn't do. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I hope it works out. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I just feel like I just feel like it's one of those things where it, it'll happen and then everybody's going to transition and then like the accident rates are going to plummet and we're going to look back at like, you know, the 75, 80 year period where everybody in North America was driving themselves everywhere and <laughs> getting killed as yeah. like barbaric. Yeah. Like what the hell, right. <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah. Where were we doing it? 
Um, I mean, I guess that guy who was killed driving the Tesla was was sort of thinking that we were there already. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting and, story. He was and we wa- were not. What was he doing? He was like watching Star Wars or Star Trek or something. I think, yeah, I think that's right. I think he was watching. I thought it was the Star Trek movie, but I can't. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> Yeah. I I mean I'd really hate to laugh I, I I you know it's a tragedy I mean it's the guy's dead but it it yeah it really seems to me like if you, I was going to trust that I would really you know that's where you know maybe you really read the manual <laughs> and where it says <laughs> very clearly hey this is like you've still don't take your hands off the wheel right you just rest your hands on the wheel and be alert and you know ready to take over it in, in a moment well then I would think okay that's how I'll drive. You know, it's that it's sort of like mm-hmm. cruise cruise control with turns, and right. uh, <laughs> it just seems ridiculous. And it really, it kind of makes me mad because it's like, you know, you know, it, it, it's giving self driving cars a bad name. You know that there's a guy yeah. now. There's a nut who who got killed. Right. I've seen the videos. Have you seen the videos of people like doing that? I've I, I you know like no. I've seen like YouTube videos where guys like and it's always guys of course start the tesla thing going and then they like climb into the back seat i it's it's crazy like <laughs> just because you know what i mean like they know they're going to get a lot of youtube uh hits right on. right yeah but <laughs> it's terrifying it's, it's worth risking your life right <laughs> oh yeah I, I fear that one day that'll be my kid yeah, I wonder if our kids are going to learn to drive. I don't know. You might because it's that self-driving stuff might not come soon enough. But it doesn't seem like it's going to come real soon. But given that we live in a city, I I don't know that Jonas would learn to drive anyway. You know? Yeah. Like a lot of when I was in college, I knew a couple of kids who grew up in Philadelphia and they didn't know how to drive mm-hmm. and didn't care. And that and Uber just makes it even you know more uh, uh, tenable to not know how to drive. Yeah, yeah. I was I was uh, interested to see. We have some friends who whose kids were uh, actually now that I think they're in college. But when I saw them like a year and a half ago, they were um, uh, just they were Ubering. I mean, they were basically just and they were in high school and they were um, calling up Uber left and right. Yeah, uh, that's definitely definitely much more likely to to do with the younger you are, I guess. Yeah. Let me take a break and thank our first sponsor. It's our good friends at audible.com. Uh, they have a 30 day free trial, and you can go to audible.com slash talk show to get started. They've got an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, uh, but they also have stuff like news, comedy, uh, and more. It's not just, uh, it's not just audiobooks anymore. Uh, I think that's what it used to be, or at least that's what I thought it was. But it's really just about anything you want to listen to. If you can listen to it, Audible has it. Uh, and to say that they have virtually any genre and and thousands of books, I mean, it's just crazy. They got like any book you look for, it's there. Uh, they're great for flights. They're great for road trips. And it's especially great for your daily commute or any place where you wish that there were more episodes of the talk show to listen to, but uh, but there aren't. Well, go to Audible. You'll get all the stuff you can you can uh, want to listen to. So begin your free 30-day trial. And I'm telling you, it's 30 days where you can listen to anything you want. I mean, I got it all. Uh, and you get your first audiobook for free. And there's no stress or obligation. You can cancel at any time. Just go to audible.com 
slash talk show, audible.com slash talk show, and they'll know you came from here. And I, I thank Audible sincerely for their continuing sponsorship of this fine talk show. Um, do you want do you want a recommendation? Yeah, I would love a recommendation. I didn't um, have one because well, I'm, I'm not listening to it on Audible right now, but it is available on Audible. It's uh, Leviathan Wakes. It's a science fiction book, and it's part of the Expanse series that has is being made into a sci-fi show, which is really good. Hmm. So, I I just read a book on vacation. Uh, it's uh, you know, uh, I guess I could recommend it. It's uh, called Trigger Mortis. It's a James Bond novel written by oh, yeah. uh, a- Anthony Horowitz, and it's it's corny. You know what I mean? Like that they, they keep re- you know how, you know, how, you know they keep writing these James Bond novels. You know, even Fleming's been dead like I think like fifty <laughs> fifty years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But this one's cool. It's it's uh, set. It's not like set in modern days. It's set like two weeks after the end of Goldfinger, and. Uh, like Bond is still uh, bouncing around with uh, Pussy Galore at the beginning of the book. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So, I mean, there's, there's one, you know, go listen to that on Audible. Hey, I uh, saw a story. wanted to know if you saw this. Uh, it was on The Verge about a week ago uh, by Dieter Bone. And it, the, the headline is, Google is making better apps for the iPhone than for Android. Um. Uh, and it's talking about things like motion stills. Have you ever seen that app? That's the app where you can take your live photos and it kind of smooths them out and, and uh, you know, smooths out the motion mm-hmm. uh, and, and lets you do things like turn them into animated GIFs and videos. So yeah, I keep meaning to get that them. and I haven't, I have not gotten that yet. It's a really, really good app. And I, I, I actually haven't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have iOS 10 installed on my phone yet. I have it on my iPad, but uh, I don't think Apple did anything with uh, uh, live pictures in iOS 10. Yeah. Like, like I right. kind of, I really feel like it's like they're filling, like this app is filling in something that should be built into iOS, which is mm-hmm. turn these live photos, which I still think are a great, a great feature. I tend to keep it on all the time because my phone has plenty of space and why not capture more info? It's, I don't, you know, the only reason right. I can think of not to use live if pictures is if you're worried about the extra space that they take up. Yeah. Um, but it's so I hard think to some share. Some people find that annoying. Some people find the image moving annoying, but I yeah. think, I think you're right. It's probably mostly a, si- a space issue. Yeah. Um, but it's just so, it's so curious to me that they didn't come up with a way to share them as, you know, I don't know if they do gifts, but you know, it seems a little beneath Apple, but it's, you know, but it, mm-hmm. you know, the magic of animated gifts is, I still can't believe we're using these things. I mean, who would have, who would have thought GIF, <laughs> the GIF image format would make a comeback? 256 colors. Uh, but being able to share them as a, a standard and movie it, that you could post. Isn't it basically, is it not basically just a series of, you know, it's like a, whatever the, you know, the way they used to make movies, it, it's just a, a series, a series of images. Of stills. No, it's Isn't not. It? It's it's one high res full, you know, the full resolution that you have your camera set to shoot at, uh, still JPEG, and it's like a sidecar movie dot mov file. No, well, you're talking, and I'm talking about animated. Oh, GIFs. animated gifs. Yes, animated gifs yeah. are just yes. They're just it's it animated gifs image format is just uh, you know <laughs> take a bunch of stills and. Right, and each one has a uh, yeah. It's like a flip. It's like a flip book. Yeah, and you can set 
each because I remember as a web developer. Oh my god, what was that? Uh, Debabelizer, remember that app? Oh yeah, it, you needed it because it was like you'd you know it it would it would crush them down to like the minimum size and it would dither the colors in a really pleasing way and and you know get get it down to like six bytes or whatever six kilobytes. Mm-hmm. Um. And you could also set the the format. It's it's actually kind of a nice format, except for the the you know are nice in terms of being easily understandable, not nice in being high fidelity. But uh, I think that each frame can have its own color palette. It's not like one color palette of two hundred fifty six colors for the entire oh, animation. Okay. I think that each one yeah. can do that. Uh, and you could also set how long the duration of each frame. So you mm-hmm. can do things like say show this frame for one second, this frame for one second, but show this frame for three seconds. Right. I think, if I recall correctly. I think no. I think that's I think that's correct because I long long ago I made some by hand, um, and I don't remember why, but um, yeah. and I don't I, jeez, I can't even remember what it was in. I think maybe it was back when I had a copy of Photoshop, <laughs> uh, which I don't have anymore. But I think you're. I think that's correct. But. And when I linked to it, I, I the motion the mo- Google's motion stills app. Uh, I laughed and made a point of saying, "Look at the comments," because the comments are all from these people with Android phones saying, "Come on, Google, this is ridiculous. You know, I can't believe you did this for iPhone and not Android." Um, uh, even though Android doesn't doesn't have live doesn't photos, have live photos. <laughs> right? And then somebody pointed that out, and then somebody else. Uh, said uh well there's one there's one htc phone that the day you know they obviously can't call it live photos but they have it has the same you know same basic feature so, mm-hmm. so out of like three thousand android phones there's one <laughs> that has it um uh but there's other apps too that people are talking about you know that there's you know just i, I and there's he links to it here it's uh there's a previous article from may about um some other guy named Ben Popper at The Verge is, you know, whole wholly invested in the Google um, ecosystem, but uses iOS, and that he's that their apps are so good that they, you know, he sees no reason to switch to Android. That he, you know, does his email with the Inbox app, Google Calendar mm-hmm. app. Um, oh, the other one too is the Google. There's the Google Gboard keyboard. That a lot of people think is like the best third-party keyboard for iOS. Oh um, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it has some cool features. Um, some of them are coming in iOS 10, like the ability to type words and get the emoji, you know, suggestions. Right. You know, like if you type right. coffee, you maybe you'll get the, you know, one of the suggestions will be the coffee emoji. Um, uh, but there was another one. That's another one too, where where when Google announced the Google Gboard. Uh, thing the comments were half people saying this is great and half android <laughs> users saying how can you make this for ios and not for android um but i'm curious what you think uh, about that and why why do you think it might be that that google uh does seemingly you know at least as good or as popular their apps are on ios um you know what what do you well, think seems, on i mean well, I don't know if it's still the case because I haven't seen the numbers recently, but for a long time, they were making more money off of iOS than they were off of Android. Mm. Uh, advertising. Yeah, I believe that. Dollars. Right. Um, so it would make more sense to invest more in the platform that's making you more money. 
regardless of whether I, you made it or not. I think part of it is just the nature of Google itself, that Google is, uh, to me, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but it's it seems to me that Google is sort of a federation of uh, many, many uh, products and teams mm-hmm. and doesn't really have a single unifying uh you know, this is the main thing that we do, you know, like it's the nature of it at Apple. The main thing that the company does is they sell devices like iPhones and iPads and MacBooks. That's the main thing that they do. And everything fundamentally at certain, at some level really comes down to how do we, you know, keep making these devices and selling them at a profit at Microsoft. Microsoft is definitely changing. I think under, um, What's the new CEO's name? Uh, Satya Nadella. Definitely changing. But under Gates and Balmer, they were the Windows company, fundamentally. And everything yeah. was about Windows. And I think I think it's like the the to see this as, wow, this is kind of amazing, you know, interesting or amazing that Google does such a good job with iOS apps is you're kind of yeah, I think you have to look at Google like sort of through Microsoft tinted glasses that why why isn't why isn't google treating android the way microsoft treated windows in its heyday as like the yeah. you know the shining mm-hmm. star and let's put our let's let's do anything cool that we come up with let's make sure it's you know it's on android first and i don't think it works like that because i don't think there's any i don't think there's any um it, it, reason for google to be, to be like that yeah it's not, I mean, I wouldn't call it like skunk works, but it's kind of, I mean, their, their philosophy is much more open to seemingly to have the, having these like side projects. And then, you know, if that turns into something, yeah, we'll, we'll do something with it. Um, which, it, you know, I think, you know, like was the kind of thing that did not work at Apple back in the nineties. They were, you know, they were running around and people were working on these side projects and that they were, that were going nowhere. Um, but they seem to do much better with it. Mm. Um. And I wonder too, it always, it's just, you know, I don't even know how you'd get this information, but it'd be so interesting to know. I would love to know like how many, like what percentage of Google employees, you know, uh, use like iPhones instead of Android phones. Yeah. My guess always has been that it's pretty high. And, you know, I don't know a lot of people who work at Google. I'm not sure off the top of my head if I know anybody who works there now, but a couple, at least, you know, within the last few years, I knew some people who live there or work there. Um, and the ones I knew had iPhones, and I don't think that there's yeah. there's no stigma Me attached too. to it. Yeah, I don't think. So. I mean, I mean, the people that I knew were, were um, well, no one was a software engineer, and the other one was um, more like in the design stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. It doesn't seem like that is you know, unlike that that you know thing that Microsoft famously did. Um, where they had a, like they had what do they had like a bin that you're supposed to throw your iPhones into <laughs> like a garbage can or something I don't think that too many people actually did it but uh remember when to remember when to switch to Windows phone remember when they had the funeral for the iPhone yeah yeah that <laughs> oh my god that might have been that might have been the lowest point in the whole bomber era the, the yeah the parade that they had for the funeral for the iPhone because yeah. it was so laughably not based in reality mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like there wasn't it didn't feel like hmm maybe you know <laughs> maybe windows phone is gonna take this on like 
I I never really thought so, but let's just like three years ago or so, like 2013, you know, was a rough year for Apple's stock. And there were a lot of people who seemed to think at the time that Android was about to overwhelm iOS, right? Like the whole, this is exactly like Windows and Mac from the 90s again. And, you know, I... I think you can go back and read, you know, Daring Fireball from that era, and you'd see that I didn't really think that was happening. But it seemed like it was at least possible. Like, I, I yeah. never thought it was going to happen, but I didn't see it as, like, an impossibility. I saw it as, it doesn't seem, it seems to me like too many things are different here, and that, you know, one thing would be that, you know, that Apple's, even if they only have 15% of the market, that's a heck of a lot different than the 2% of the market they had in the 90s and and etc cetera, etc cetera, go on and on there's all sorts of other differences um but it seemed like maybe but the window <laughs> windows phone burying the iphone didn't even seem like a possibility <laughs> like it, and you could see you could see how from their perspective i mean you could that they wanted to believe that and they needed to believe that in order to you know keep going and also to try and make it a, a to, to have that sort of confidence work as a marketing tool. And, yeah. but the thing that, you know, if you remember these, these analyst predictions yes. that came out around, boy, was it like 2013, 2012 to, or maybe it was a little bit earlier than that. Um, saying that they, you know, they did some of these analysts were predicting that, you know, windows phone was going to, was going to beat Android. Yes. Yeah. That was earlier. That was oh, a little, God. yeah. That was, the, I mean, like, how could you even, <laughs> it, it, there was just like, there was just the simple belief that Microsoft being Microsoft would come out on top somehow. One of your and my shared uh, uh, preoccupations is, is with the world of analysts and, <laughs> and the magic way that somebody who, if they're accepted as an analyst. If that is like the title that, you know, something, something analyst, if that's the title when they go on CNBC, that whatever they say is they're, you know, taken as, well, we can publish this as mm -hmm. news, you know, mm -hmm. that, that this is, this is something worth, you know, <laughs> worth reporting. Right. When right. in fact, it's off, sometimes it might be, there are some analysts who are incredibly smart and astute and, and rigorous in their research and, and in the evidence that they show to back up their claims. And then there are others who just make stuff up. And I remember that the, that the Windows phone is going to, you know, surpass Android and, you know, be like the number one operating system by 2014 or 2015. It must have been a couple years earlier than that, because I know we've already so passed. Was, yeah, so this the prediction was you in have the link? May of 2011, yeah. All right, you got to give, um, give it to me for and the it show. Was, it was, um, yeah, it was Pyramid Research's Stella Boken, and she said that um, by 2013, Windows Phone <laughs> was poised to overtake Android's massive market share. <laughs> in two years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Because somebody else had um, had predicted it would be two, it would be 2015 when when it overtook, and she said, "No, no, it's going to be two years earlier than that. It's going to happen fast." Yeah. <laughs> I remember I looked her up again later, and she's she's not with Pyramid Research anymore, but she still is. She's still she's still working in the industry. Uh, not not a uh, not a debilitating. <laughs> Not a career-ending move. I wonder what what phones people use at Microsoft now today too. That's an interesting question because they yeah. really are 
it seems to me very clear that they are slowly winding down the whole Windows Phone thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I don't know that they're ever going to quite give up on it completely, but it just seems like they don't even, they're not even trying anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't hear about it at all. It just seems to me like if you were a good company person and bought a Windows phone, like you're just left out of so many things, right? Yeah. No Pokemon Go for you. I'm going to say, yeah, there's no Pokemon Go, right? Right. It's, I just can't help but think that they're mostly iPhones. I really do. And it's yeah. kind of such a weird thing for Microsoft. I don't think it's so weird for Google, but it's weird for Microsoft. Well, they, but they, I mean, at least they have their philosophy has changed to the degree that they don't have that Windows only mentality anymore. So right. they are making, and they're making some good apps for multiple platforms. So, I mean, I still don't like Office, but <laughs> I, I have to use it sometimes. <laughs> Do you ever use it for iOS? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, and you know, I mostly for my kid when he needs to do, um, cause they get a license for free through his school. So, uh, often he, he's got an iPad that he will like write reports on, hmm. uh, with a, you know, with an attached keyboard and, and, uh, do it and do it in word. And they were, you know, they make presentations in PowerPoint and stuff like that. So then I, um, I'll often help them out with that stuff. Yeah. My kid's school is a Google Docs school. Okay. And it's such garbage. It, I mean, it makes it makes me wish. It makes me wish for uh, Microsoft Office. It's I, I really do they do they use Chromebooks? They they have some in some of the classrooms. They do have some, um, and which makes total sense as a Google Doc school. You know, I think yeah. I guess maybe most of the I guess most of the devices the kids have access to are uh, Chromebooks. Yeah. And it makes, I mean, you know, I would rather have a, a MacBook any day, but, you know, you, our friends at Meh often will sell refurbished Chromebooks and they're so crazy cheap. It's, um, I keep, I often think I should get one just to just for the play around it. with it. Yeah, but then, I, but then I think even a, like even $175 is too much. to. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I, I've, I do that. Like every two years or so I buy an Android phone. Um, yeah. And uh, I wish I would have got the nexus 6 instead i got the motorola wood chipper or whatever it's called (laughs) (laughs) well the one it's got a it's like the moto x or something like that but it's it you you could get like a custom finish on the back so i i got the bamboo i mean seriously it's really made out my my this it's in my hand right now it's made out of wood which Mm -hmm. is interesting but it's it's so not a nice phone uh i saw a guy at wwdc uh my friend chad from mlb has two phones um use an iPhone and he had an Android because he has to test the MLB stuff on Android too. And he has mm-hmm. the Nexus 6. It's really nice. It's, you know, it's much thinner than the, this Moto thing. Um, but anyway, I don't see it as a waste of money. I feel like it's it's a way to stay. I'm, I'm fearful yeah. of, of not knowing it. And I have to say, I am pretty, I, I've never really used a Chromebook. I kind of feel like I should. I should spend 200 bucks and get one. Of well, keep an eye on meh because you yeah. you can you can get a refurb real cheap. Yeah. I, I so also, I mean you know from a school's perspective that makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean if you got to get something that and the kids are basically just going to do write reports and and look things up, and you don't want them playing games, <laughs> yeah, for the most part. So uh, those devices are perfect. I mean it's kind of like it's almost you remember that that whole um, OLPC thing. Yes. Yeah. The, um, it's really succeeded at that where that did not didn't seem to really get much traction yeah what was that one 
laptop per child. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it was, it was just a piece of garbage. Whereas, <laughs> but maybe, you know, I think a big part of that was, it's not that Google has any kind of magic. I think it's just Moore's law, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, Moore's law is famously, you know, sort of come to an end at the high end where, you know, the ch- clock rate on high end CPUs isn't really getting faster and, you know, there's only so much that adding more chips to parallelize can really improve. Um, but at the low end, it continues to march on where better and better hardware is available at cheaper and cheaper prices. Yeah. I think the one thing that speaking uh, of which, are you, are you going to get, you're going to get yourself a Samsung spin? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, did you like that? That's a, you like that too, that's a bridge too far. Uh, that's it. We can hold that topic. That's an interesting sure. topic. But uh, yeah. the Chromebooks for school, I I do see this, and you know, I I Jonas says that the ones that they have are terrible, and that you know, they're everybody hates them. But I see the way kids treat stuff in school, and they don't really treat it with respect. Like Apple doesn't really make a device that's good for a school to buy. I mean, if if the cheapest mm-hmm. thing you can get is an eight ninety nine MacBook Air, that's a pretty expensive thing that kids are going to yeah. you know bang around and drop and and stuff like that. Like, I think, you know, the idea that they're at a $200 is not disposable. And I'm sure that anybody who works in any kind of school is going to, you know, say, yeah, 200 bucks is, you know, you know, I know budgets are tight at schools everywhere, but, uh, you know, it just makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Without uh, a doubt. Boy, Google docs though. It's, I, I find, I don't even understand. <laughs> I honestly, I don't understand the UI. I really don't. It's, it's just, just doesn't work for me. Uh, Isn't we, it? I mean, it seems like it's, you know, very reminiscent of those um, open source office. Clones. Yes. Yeah. That's what I, that's how exactly how I would describe it. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I don't use it much. I mean, the, when I'm on the, um, they use it like in the incomparable um, to do scheduling and, yeah. and some, and some sharing of like uh, topics for podcasts. So when I'm on clockwise, um, I always, that's the, that's the only time I ever have to use it is because, um, Jason uses, uh, a Google like spreadsheet to, um, yeah, you know, you're supposed to log in and put your, what your topic is for clockwise. And, oh my God. And that's the only time I ever, <laughs> we have to do it. Like I don't do, I, I mean, let's face it. I, mean, I, hope, I hope Amy doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, she would agree. I, I don't do much of the parenting. She does a lot more of the parenting <laughs> than I do. And with stuff like dealing with the school, I, I'd really do none of it. But it's like every once in a while when there's some kind of shared, you know, parents are involved or or a perfect example would be the te- uh, teacher conferences, parent-teacher conferences. You got to get into Google Docs, though, and like sign up for a time. And it it's so, so bad. I, but I understand why they do it, though, because it is a, you know, it, it, it works as a shared spreadsheet where – you're not going to run into a race condition where three people signed up at for the 1 p.m. teacher conference, right? Like as right. I type John and Amy in the 1 p.m. slot, anybody else who's in there would see it, see those letters showing up. So I understand yeah. that. I understand the utility of it is why people don't, please don't write in and tell me that that's why you use it. I totally get it. That as, <laughs> as a shared resource, it is, you know, it, it, it works. There's no sinking collisions, but as somebody yeah. who cares about the interface, uh, Boy, it's a nightmare. So the other factor, we were talking about the Google's iOS apps and how popular they are and how people who are in the Google 
ecosystem with their data. Well, this is a pretty good segue. Um, feel perfectly at home using an iPhone instead of an Android phone. Um, and the other f- flip side of that is why I don't use any of those apps other than the motion stills one, which uh, just because of the utility to share the, the live photos. Um, as our, our good friend Jason Snell pointed out, like a month or so ago that Google's apps are sort of, he compared them to Microsoft of like the late nineties where their Mac apps started looking like the windows app. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in fact, I think they even went to some kind of a shared code system for some things, you know, where there was sort of a cross platform, uh, you know, look and feel type type stuff in office apps. Um, uh, and Google's apps, all of, that's the reason I don't use them, is that they, they're, they're none of them look like iOS apps. They all look like Android apps. So there is yeah. that. Yeah. Like if there's one thing, it seems to me like Google institutionally isn't really all that committed to Android. It, it Android might as well be a, a completely separate company, except what the one thing Google is committed to company-wide is the material design look and feel. Whether they're doing stuff for the web or iOS or Android, they're committed to that style of UI design. That's where they have like a commitment, and that you know annoys me. Yeah. What about you? Would, you use any, use would, any Google apps? Um, every once in a while, I use the Gmail app. Um, but I'm trying to think. I like I said, I want to I want to get that one that that one that makes the animated gifs, but I haven't uh, gotten around to it. Uh, and gosh. Hank mostly, my son mostly uses, uh, uses, he's got a Gmail account for email and he mostly uses the Google app for that. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's, it's just, it seems easier if you have a Gmail account, it feels much more straightforward than trying to, to get it through mail. Yeah. Uh, what do you use for email on iOS? I, I mostly use mail. I almost like 99% just use mail every once in a while. If search yeah. fails me, then I, I use Gmail or something. Um, and I've tried a number of those other applications, but you know, that you, you seem to always get, I, I've been burned too many times. Right. Um, I mean, cause Sparrow and whatever the other one was. Yeah. Um, I forgot the that one name. that was like the online, you could consolidate all your inboxes or what the heck yeah. was the name of that one. They both got bought. Right. Yeah. And went away. Uh, the only one I've seen that really tempt me, tempted me, and I still have it here, uh, is called Spark. Do you ever, do you ever see that one? No. It's because to me, it's it, the the thing that's nice about Spark is that it looks like an an iOS app. It looks like a very you know a very nice. I I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, I think it's from Rattle, the people who make uh, are known for like making PDF utilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but if you just take a look at the screenshots of Spark for iPhone, you could see that it's like, oh yes, that looks like uh, uh, that looks like a nice iOS app, huh? And here's a news story. I just googled it. Here's I, I logged in and it they've been like, acquired. <laughs> Spark's been canceled. <laughs> no Spark email. I just is from eight hours ago. Here's breaking news. This is a bizarre coincidence that. Uh, some kind of thing where people if you're using it with your iCloud uh email you have to re-log in for security reasons and it made people panic and think that maybe spark had gotten hacked or something and oh. that's that's not true 
there is no hack, but it's uh, they they switched something on their server side at AWS, and that made Apple or iCloud freak out, and therefore just say, hey, everybody, you know, you got to relog in. Anyway, it's a good app. And if you're yeah. dissatisfied with mail, highly, highly recommend you take a look at it because uh, it's a really good iOS app. But the thing for me is I, I like mail, I really, especially on iOS. I just, it you know, works very well for me for email. I understand people can be very picky about their email, but for me, mail yeah. is, is pretty good. And I think my, my needs are not complicated, particularly. I mean, truth be told, I don't even read most of my email. <laughs> so really, <laughs> Apple Mail works just fine. <laughs> Delete, delete, delete. Merlin listens to the show. I don't. I think I don't. I, it's too late now, so I, I. I don't think I'll ever use it. But uh, when Merlin had the inbox zero thing, yeah, uh, I thought about making a parody. I think I still own the domain. <laughs> I was going to make a parody, and it was called Select All Delete. <laughs> <laughs> And it was going to go into it was going to set up a site that detailed my uh, patented uh, email management system for keeping your your inbox empty. <laughs> my my step by step my every inbox, man, my inbox management is to simply not delete anything. <laughs> every single step of the process would be given in exquisite detail, and the URL is selectalldelete.com. Yeah, yeah. I think I think my inbox is up to six thousand right now. I mean, they're all red, but um, they just don't go anywhere. <laughs> I, I'm not going to mention the name of this developer because it's it would be uncouth. But uh, a couple of years ago, we were at WWDC, and I was with uh, Cable Sasser of Panic, and we were talking about this this other developer who had some very popular apps. Uh, and Cable had just run into him the day before. And after WWDC, he was going to go on like a six-week hiking trip through New Zealand, something like that. It, was, it sounded like, a, you know, if you want to be by yourself, it was like, beautiful, you know, somewhere beautiful, six weeks, all hiking. And Cable was under the impression that he was like a one-man show, this other guy, you know. And he was like, oh, I thought you, you know, did you, you hire people? And he's like, no. And he goes, well, what are you going to do for technical support? And he just looked at Cable and he just said, select all, delete. <laughs> <laughs> he was just going to delete every email. <laughs> like he might have even, it might have even been that, I forget the details, but he was, he was dead serious, wasn't joking, didn't see anything unusual or, you know, interesting about that. <laughs> and he might have even set up like an auto, you know, like he just set up a filter to just throw everything in the, you know, he yeah. was, and he wasn't sending out like an automated, he didn't set up anything that say like, I'm going to be away for six weeks, get back to you then. He just deleted them all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I see the, I see the, the appeal and I see, you know, as a, as someone else is like, the only person <laughs> in my business. Right. Like I, I, and I just, I don't take, I don't never take a complete vacation. That is true. That's I'm very true. Constantly writing wherever, you know, if I'm on, right. if, I, if I'm on vacation, I'm still writing the bare minimum that I have to, yeah. to get by. I'll yeah. reduce it, but I, and, and often I'll stop podcasting. Yes. Um, right. Take a break from podcasts, but, um, but I still have to write something. I don't know why I st- it, mentally, I find it I find it hard to do a podcast when I'm not at home. Like I don't know why all I have to do is pack a microphone, you know. And there's 
you know, I don't need, like, I've got this fancy one hanging on a, you know, bendable arm here at my desk here, but I don't, you know, you don't need a podcast. You know, you just use like a, any, you know, you get one for like 15 bucks. I have mm-hmm. one. I even have a portable one, but it's like so old that it uses, remember the, the, before micro USB, there was like a mini USB mm-hmm. and I don't, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. takes, it, it takes a mini USB, but mini USB is so outdated that I can't find a, a, a cable for it. I mean, I'm sure I have one somewhere in my closet. There's, you know, but it's like at, at this point, my last used mini USB cable is so far down the stack of cables that I, it doesn't seem worth looking it up. But mentally, I don't know. I find it uh, difficult. I've done it. Uh, remember the one that I did the episode with Dan Benjamin with the boats going off? Oh, yes. And a duck. There was like a duck. Yeah, you're like dialed in, right? Yeah. You were just doing it from your phone. No, I think I was, I think I, I don't, I don't think I was it doing it. It sounded like you were just doing it from your phone. I might have. I forget how I did it. It was, it was low fidelity and there were boats and a duck and it was actually kind of fun. But, uh, I don't know. I find it hard. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, John, John Armstrong had its, its, uh, you know, the, turning this car around, and he's he's pretty particular about about sound. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I just had dinner with him. I, every time I think about like, oh, I could just take my little microphone, and then I think, oh, he's not gonna like that. <laughs> I just John was in Philly um, six weeks ago or something like that, maybe longer. I don't know, but sometime within the last two months. And and Amy and I went out with him, and and he's you know we've known him for years. You've obviously known him better, but I can definitely imagine. That. <laughs> He's a little tightly wound about something like that. He's, he's, we're all obsessives. I mean, all of us are obsessed over some things, but when he gets obsessed about something, it's like yeah. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, you know, I think it's good. I mean, like he, he makes it right. sound better. You know, he, make, right. he makes the show sound better. So, <laughs> like, and it's bled over into other shows. I mean, I've spent more, I've spent more on equipment and I haven't spent a lot, but I've spent a little bit more and I've also like, been i mean like i'm re- i'm recording on two machines right now <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> because let, of problems we've had in the past let me take another break here and thank our next sponsor it is the ministry of supply as humans we sweat i told you guys how hot it is here in philadelphia i'm sweating like a pig right now um very rarely does sweating take place at convenient times gym clothes can handle it but the clothes we wear to work aka the majority of the day every day, do nothing to help. They're stiff and restricting and only add to the problem. Ministry of Supply is set out to fix this. Their brand combines uh, performance technology. They're taking the fabrics of like modern gym clothes and making men's workwear that's actually comfortable and capable. You take a look at it, you'd never, it doesn't look different. It looks just like very stylish suits, slacks, shirts. Uh, just looks like regular modern, very stylish dress clothes, but they make all of this stuff out of really uh, modern fabrics that breathe, uh, wick sweat, and stretch as you move. Um, just go take a look. It's uh, The URL is ministryofsupply.com slash talk show. Just, just go take a look. You'll see it. Uh, they even have retail stores. They have stores in Boston and San Francisco and coming soon, Washington, D.C. And if you go into one of their retail stores in one of those fine cities, uh, just mention the same thing, the, the code talk show, and say you heard it on a podcast, and you'll get the same 15% discount that you can get at that website. So you go to ministryofsupply.com slash talk show. 15% off if you use that code talk show. You can get it in the uh, retail store too. Uh, 
added bonus, all of their clothes are machine washable. You don't you don't have to go to the dry cleaner just to get the wrinkles out of your shirt. Uh, just really, really great stuff. I mean, here's just one example. They call it the Apollo dress shirt. It has NASA invented fibers that regulate body temperature based on your surroundings. Keeps you warm in the winter, uh, cool in the summer. Really kind of ties into what I was talking about earlier in the show. I didn't even, <laughs> really. A very happy coincidence. <laughs> um, but anyway, check them out. Sounds great to me. Sounds like a great idea. And if you've you know ever seen those modern fabrics that they use on on modern uh, uh, gym clothes, you you know what I'm talking about. It's great stuff. So go check them out. Uh, love having a sponsor like that on the show. Um, go check them out. Uh, what else is going on? Pokemon Go. Yeah. Have you uh, have you Pokemon went? I I did not. I have not played. Jonas is uh, totally as expected, totally into it, and so I had him explain it to me, and he showed it to me, uh, and I felt like that was good enough for me. Yeah. You. I have played. We have played. So it's um it's a thing we've been involved in in the household, and uh, you know, like I've said numerous different places, but um, it was it's been great because he's. You know, I mean, often a kid doesn't want to go for a walk, <laughs> right? <laughs> like getting him off the couch and again going out and walking our, around, tying into and, our previous conversation. And this time, yeah, right, right. And this now he's just like, you want to go? You just say, want to go look for some Pokemon? He's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and and uh, my experience, you know, I haven't gone out and tried to do it at like midnight, but uh, walking around in town and going to places has been has been fun and seeing other people and, and very social. Um, everybody's been, <laughs> most everybody's been nice. We were walking, walking along the waterfront with some friends, you know, looking for Pokemon and, and a whole bunch of other people were doing the same. And a, a you know, a, like a Jeep SUV drove by and this <laughs> girl leaned out the window and yelled, nerds. <laughs> so, you know, not everybody's nice, but um, for the most part, everybody's been very pleasant to deal with which has been great. Uh, I don't think that we've run into anybody else who's playing or, uh, you know, we were doing it. We were, I said, we were down at uh, Disney world uh, and we were playing there, which was fun, but we didn't run into other people who were playing. Interesting. Um, I mean, we, yeah. Cause we have, I mean, I pretty much every, t- the one, I mean, we walked out one time early on and just like walked around the house and obviously we didn't run any, we didn't run anybody then, but, um, every time we've gone to like a place, like even just like going to the shopping districts district, that's like f- six blocks from here. There were at least two other groups of people who were playing the game. Hmm. That's amazing. It's it's uh, unbelievable how quickly it's taken off. Oh my god, it's just uh, it's astounding. So there's a previous game. What was it called? Ingress? Is that what it was called? Um, uh, I don't know. Ingress? Yeah. It's oh, the no, same I haven't, I haven't, don't the know same that one. company. Um I N G R E S S. And oh, So that was all, that was also made by Niantic? Yes, and it's the okay. same I'm not going to say it's exactly the same, but it's, you know, it's, it's sort of like Pokemon go 1.0, you know, and this is like the 2.0. And it's got the same sort of thing where you can level up and, and stuff like that. And you, you know, same basic idea. If you, you I'll put a thing in the show notes. (laughs) I always say that and I never do. Uh, um, 
it, I'd heard of it vaguely, and and a couple of Daring Fireball readers have you know emailed me after I wrote, wrote about Pokemon Go and said that they you know they were really into Ingress and said that it's you know it's a really interesting story. It used to be owned by Google, the company this Niantic, uh, and then they got spun off for reasons that are unclear to me. And uh, uh, but it's the same basic idea, and it's like you walk around staring at your phone. Uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't walked into anything yet. Although we, uh, I did annoy somebody in a parking lot. Hmm. How? <laughs> By just walking. Well, I was walking through the parking lot, not paying attention, and suddenly I realized there was a car behind me, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I got to get out of the way." <laughs> uh, I think it's so interesting, though, and I know that. So I know that Niantic is the company that developed it, and that it's based on their previous game Ingress. Um, but it is, you know, it's Nintendo that has the, the you know, video game rights mm-hmm. to Pokemon. And so I do think it's still, even if Nintendo didn't actually develop the app, you know, they, they produced it. It's, you know, I, I think that they, you know, it's worth talking about Nintendo and mobile games again. And this is, you know, I, I don't want to say I was, yeah, I do want to say that I was right, but... <laughs> <laughs> but this is it's exactly it's exactly the sort of thing though that I thought I've thought Nintendo should do for mobile phones for years which yeah. is not port and every time when it, when this came up a couple years ago and I or at least it came up for me and it was a back and forth with a few other people on other blogs uh it's like I I feel like the black hole the discussion keeps getting kept getting sucked down to was that DS games are terrible without a real D-pad and buttons. And mm-hmm. I agree with that. I totally see, you know, that like Mario Kart, you know, unless you somehow did, a, you know, you'd have to have different controls. You'd have to have like motion controls or something. Yeah. Um, and that other games like platformers or something like that are never as good with a fake, the fake D-pad on a, uh, no. on an iPhone. Um, and so that's not my argument though. My argument isn't that they should get rid of the DS and port all their DS games to a touchscreen it's you know we'll come up with new game ideas that work on a touchscreen and do things and i mean this pokemon go thing is like couldn't be more exactly what i was thinking that they should do and do things you know like well you've got gps and you've got a camera so why don't you do something with that and it's you know really really clever yeah it's 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 also very buggy (laughs) oh is it really jonas hasn't complained about that Oh really? Yeah. Well, at least it's been it's been very buggy for for me and you know and my friends were playing as, as well. Uh, and also the terrible thing I think is that it's and then they had the problem with the with the Gmail or the Google account. Yeah. So you can sign in, you can you can become a member of the Pokemon Trainers Club by going to this website, which I had no success for days. And then finally, I was just like, I'm just going to hit refresh, refresh, refresh. And finally, I got in and was able to c- create an account. Um, which I wanted to do because I had signed in originally with the Google account and then, you know, it was revealed that it was granting way too much access. Um, so I wanted to set up the trainer account, a trainer club account and I finally got in, but the, but the problem is their servers are so overwhelmed, I guess yeah. that, uh, we, when we were out and about at one point, first of all, it was very hard to create the account. Second of all, when we were out, uh, that it would just it would not it would not be able to connect, so it would log you out of the game and you wouldn't be able to play. So I finally and and at the at that time I was like okay I'm just gonna, you know they had released the patch for the to reduce the 
amount of access that it had to your Google account. So I thought, okay, I'll just go sign back in with my Google account. And that worked fine. It seems so curious to me that they would, uh, that, that they would have this, you know, privacy. I, I don't think it was a security bug, but it was definitely a privacy hole where they were, you know, give, taking too much access to your Google account. It's so curious to me, though, that the company used to be part of Google. You know, you'd think if anybody would get this right, it would be them. Yeah, and, and I know, you know, firsthand, everybody who's ever made any kind of online thing, like identity is such a weird, there is no good answer to the identity problem. I mean, rolling your own versus, you know, letting people sign in with Twitter or Google or Facebook or whatever. Uh, there's flip sides to all of it. And I know that it's difficult. I mean, VesperSync is about as simple as it could be, but it was still a, a big hassle yeah. developing it. And it's then, funny. I mean, beyond so beyond those things, though, we, there were also n- numerous instances uh, where we would capture uh, a Pokemon and then it would just freeze. Oh, and you'd have to you'd have to restart the app to get back in, and and it would not, you know, it wouldn't remember that you had caught that Pokemon. So that was obviously kind of annoying. But the thing that is so amazing, though, is that despite these problems, it's still so crazy popular. And what? it hasn't, those, those problems haven't even stopped, you know, haven't stopped us from playing either. Explain to me what, what people are buying with the in-app purchases. Uh, I'm not, well, you, you, I mean, it, you're buying credits. First of all, you're buying like coin kind of things that you can spend on different things. Um, one of the things that you can buy, uh, you can get, you can buy more Pokeballs to capture more Pokemon. Although we have a, we have a Poke stop up at the end of the street. So I don't <laughs> I don't feel like I have to worry about, and I don't play it so much that I'm using that many Pokeballs. Um, I don't understand. And I'm not sure what saying. else you can buy. I'm assuming that you can buy things like eggs so that you can incubate your your Pokemon and maybe incense to attract Pokemon. I, and maybe maybe you can also buy lures and things like that. So I'm assuming that it's that you can spend coins on things of that nature. <laughs> but I haven't. I haven't bought anything. That this part of my brain has obviously just atrophied. I don't know <laughs> if if I killed it with alcohol, uh, but the part of my game that is supposed to be that's supposed to listen to this and say that sounds like a lot of fun is just totally <laughs> gone. And I think there was a time where I would have. See, I don't think it's quite like uh, you know how there's people who hate sports or or just or did sports just does nothing for them. And so they kind of hate sports because whenever anybody else is talking about it, it's just blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it, they don't, they don't get it. Um, I used to love video games. I really did. And it just somehow, it just, it just died off. But the idea <laughs> that you're yeah. spending real money to get incense for, to lure Pokemon, <laughs> they're not real. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like that that model obviously i know but it's I'm not, but I'm it is what works. that model i like right. paying for the game up front i mean you know the other game that i bought was recently was um the lego star wars the force awakens oh we got that which we've played like crazy too um which is super fun and is a fixed upfront yes fee and i am much more comfortable with that and that's why i don't that's why i don't buy stuff yeah, those are um, the only games that I've really. I, I, I would say in the last ten years that at least ninety five percent of my video game playing time has been on the Lego games. Yeah, yeah. The the crazy thing that we found was that the 
speaking of Nintendo, that's the one, and maybe there's one other platform. I think maybe the Xbox, the, like a Xbox 360 version and the Wii U version of Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens does not, you can't even buy the season pass to get the extra characters and stuff. It's only the basic. Hmm. So we we bought it and I was thinking, oh, we, and then we played, you know, played through it pretty quickly. Um, and we we're like, oh, <laughs> let's buy the, the season pass and get the extra stuff. Oh, we can't. <laughs> That's weird. So it's PlayStation. So we got only? it on we got an eye on iOS, and it's not all out on iOS huh. yet, but um supposedly that stuff will 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 get eventually released on iOS. Yeah. I like those games. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the the modern ones though, where they start they've started talking. I liked Well, this the, is the one exception, I think. And the reason I think it's an exception in this case is because they recorded a whole bunch of new material hmm. for the game. The thing that the, I think I agreed with that in the past. Um, I always liked when they were, yeah. when they were just making noises um, instead of using dialogue from the movies. But I think they've they've upped their game significantly now um, because with this game, they got everybody, including Harrison Ford and recorded a whole bunch of new material and stuff that is actually uh, related to the gameplay. So they'll say things like, we need to get over there to connect those two things so that we can open the gate to get mm. through um, or whatever. You know, I mean, they, it's actually, they're talking about stuff that you need to do in the game in order to advance. Uh, and, and, and I think it's cool to be able to hear, you know, it's the characters that you love from the movie and you're getting to hear more of them. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that they did good. They did it well. I just, I still feel though that I miss the old style where they, yeah. they just emoted, you know, sort of like the Sims, I think, you know, I think it's a fair comparison where they would just, <laughs> you know, quote unquote, speak with these mumbles that were like universal language. So they wouldn't have to, you know, and, and it, to me, it was an interesting thing as a, uh, to think about the writing challenge of making it very clear that, when the character goes mm, that you know what what he's upset about because he can't actually say uh-huh. words so you have to be really really clear with the game design and the writing which i think helped them i helped it like focus on you know making everything as clear as possible uh and i just thought it was you know a like a cool thing yeah and it must have been although great i feel i feel like the reason the main reason though for it was was localization wasn't it i mean i would well, think. that's what i was that's what i was thinking is that it must have been a great boon to localization you know that they wouldn't have to localize you know yeah because um, they didn't really as i recall they didn't really do like subtitles either it wasn't like there was stuff that was on screen it was just yeah they wouldn't yeah they're right and i mean every once in a while i think there was some they would have an on-screen they would at least have an on-screen description of like what you might need to do. Um, but I think sometimes they actually said like the character is saying, you know, they would have like the character's name and colon and then yeah. like dialogue. Um, Maybe we should but do the right- Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, like I just, I don't, I think that it's kind of cool to, to get that extra material now. And I'm, so I'm, I'm now on board. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if that's the way they're going to do it from now on. I think, but I'd also, th- I think that those exclusives stink too. You know, that if, <laughs> if somehow Sony paid them so that PlayStation has like a two month period where only PlayStation can get the oh, full yeah. thing. And uh, that, that's just rotten. Like you shouldn't be penalized because you have the, the quote. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get it if it's the, I mean like the Xbox 360, I kind of understand because you can get it on the Xbox one. And so 
Yeah, I mean, okay, they're not they're not going to spend as much development time on an older platform. But right. the Wii U, I was like, hey, the right. Wii U is the one that's the new one, right? Uh, maybe we should do the rest of the episode just with mumbles and grunts, <laughs> and see if you know. Can we do this? <laughs> I'm sure. My Karen and I used to play. Karen and I used to play The Sims long long ago, and we used to talk like that to each other. And then when we would get mad at each other, we would like hold a, a finger up over like a negative sign up over our heads. <laughs> it was great for our relationship. I'm I'm sure that our our uh, third and final sponsor of the show will love it if I just mumble and grunt the entire. <laughs> Maybe we should start after the sponsor read. <laughs> our third sponsor is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Wealthfront, an automated investment service with over $3 billion in client assets under management already. In plain English, they make it easy for anyone to get access to a sophisticated, diversified, long-term investment portfolio. This is a place where you put your money away for the long term and uh, – you don't sit there and micromanage. It's not like day trading. You're not picking stocks. They do it. They you go through a simple poll and they see what you're you know what type of risk you're looking at you know, uh, and they pick a, a a plan that will match your taste for risk, um, and you can get started with just five hundred bucks. That's the minimum account five hundred bucks. Most services like this have really really high minimum account balances just to get started. Uh, Wealthfronts is just 500 bucks. And most of their clients uh, start with a low amount of money. It's sort of like, you know, put it in, see how it works before you put quote unquote real money in there. Um, They have all sorts of other features. If you have a large account, um, they do this thing called uh, tax loss harvesting. Uh, And it can add, according to their tests and simulated results, uh, Tax loss harvesting could add at least 1.3% to your annual um, after-tax return. And direct indexing could add at least 1.7% to your annual after-tax return. What do those things mean? I don't know. I'm not an accountant. They are. They're the experts. They've got all the details on the website. You can read it. Uh, And here's the other thing. They've got a really low fee. It's just one quarter of 1% per year on assets above $10,000. So up to $10,000, they don't even charge you a fee. Over 10 grand, they charge you one quarter of 1%. Most other services like this charge 2 3%, something like that. So they're way under in terms of the management fee. It's it's practically minimal. Uh, and uh, you get a, if you use the URL that they gave me, the special URL, um, which is wealthfront.com slash the talk show, wealthfront.com, the talk show. Uh, they'll bump that up to $15,000. So you can go up to $15,000 completely free of charge. Go check them out. This is a great service for long term investing, wealthfront.com slash the talk show. No mumbles. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know if it was it was some you know jokers like Matt or um, you know Cards Against Humanity, those those guys might they might take a mumble. Yeah, Matt, Matt might do that. Mm, I could probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And just I ever do meh every once in a while. Yeah. I could actually see them requesting that. Uh, they've made, they, they, they make like wacky, you know, some, you know, if you've you listened and, you know, yeah. they, they do some weird stuff and they, they're like, you probably won't go for this, but if you want to, you could do this. And I'm like, I'll go for that. It'd be great. <laughs> anything to make these things interesting. So that's off to them. Um, anything else on your agenda? What else is going on this week? Uh, well, I don't know. Do you want to talk about Eddie Q's, uh. Yeah, that'd be good. And I read that I read the the piece that you linked to, which yeah, I mean, I completely agree. It sounds exactly exactly like what he really meant. <laughs> uh, how would you summarize this? So, the, it was, uh, what's I'll, the what, yeah? What is the what's the attitude there? It's sort of like you know, the hell with this. <laughs> We're just so. It started with Eddie Q had an interview in Variety, and the gist of it was that they were like asking about the Apple's long rumored "quote unquote" skinny bundle of of TV channels that you you could let's say you give Apple ten dollars a month or twenty dollars a month, and you could get like ESPN, CNN, Turner Classic Movies, you know, like I, I don't know a, a "quote unquote" skinny bundle where maybe you'd get like thirty of the most popular uh, channels. Like a basic cable kind of thing. But, yeah, like yeah. a basic cable. Maybe just, even smaller. And they haven't been able to pull it off. And one of the reasons is that all of these, mo- almost all of these TV channels uh, are owned by these massive conglomerates, big media corporations that w- always want to bundle these things all together. And so like, you know, they're, you know, like, so when, uh, and, and that's what they're used to dealing with in the cable world. And so like the reason you have 850 channels, I mean, literally I, 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 some of the channels I watch are like up in the 800s. I, I don't understand why, but there <laughs> that's where they are. I watch like four channels and some of them are up in the 800s. But the reason why is that it's like if you want to have ESPN in your bundle, you've got to take, you know, uh ESPN2 and ESPN Spanish and ESPN3 and you know, ESPN Headline News or whatever it's called. You got to take them all. You can't just say we just want to offer ESPN and then we can pass the savings on to our customer. They're they're not interested in that. And so Eddie Q told, and everybody has been under the impression that Apple has been trying to negotiate something like this, specifically Eddie Q. That's, you know, right up his wheelhouse. I mean, he's the guy. Um, and he told Variety that they, they don't even really want to do it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to go to your party. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not invited. Well, I don't want to go. Yeah, I didn't want to go to your party. Uh, and a uh, friend of the show, Peter Kafka. You know, I was on his podcast recently. I don't know if you listened to it. I thought it was pretty pretty good. Um I, I, it's in my queue. <laughs> Thanks for listening, John. Uh, <laughs> it actually is. I actually have had the, the had the web page open for like a long time, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, I, if you have, for anybody who hasn't listened, it's a good. I, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, uh, Peter Kafka of Recode does a uh, uh, like a inside the media podcast. Uh, I think Samantha B was on recently, so that's kind of cool that I was on a podcast where Samantha B was on. Yeah, like I find maybe that, I'll listen to that one instead. Yeah, oh, I would. I'm sure it's. <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot funnier. <laughs> I guarantee that. Uh, I love her show. By the way, do you watch her show? I've think, seen. Well, I you know I get clip. I clip everything. I honestly, I honestly would because I don't get cable. But if you yeah, said to um, me, "Who's the funniest person on late night TV right now?" I, I think I would say Samantha B. I really, she's would. really good. I think she's, she's really good. Really I like John Oliver a lot too, but um, he would be my, he, yeah, the he would two be of the them only, I think were tied for me. Yeah. 
Can you? I still can't. I can't believe they were both on the Daily Show, and somehow the Comedy Central <laughs> let them both get away. Like the yeah. two, to me, the two funniest people on on TV are them. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I'll put it in the show notes. You can listen to it. Peter Kafka wanted to talk to me about the one man media empire I've set up here. So if you've ever wanted to know uh, my thinking behind, you know, what the hell I do here at Daring Fireball, you could you could go listen. I thought it turned out pretty good. I hate talking about myself. I hate. Uh, I really do. And I, it, it's, you know, and the gist of it is that this has been somewhat successful, which makes me I hate talking about it even more. And it somehow he made it tolerable and I didn't want to die. So you can go <laughs> listen to it. Um, but anyway, Peter Kafka, media reporter extraordinaire, uh, linked to this Eddie Q thing with variety. And he offered his own, own translation of it, which like you said, really is like, yeah, this is what he meant. It rings completely true. Yeah. I mean, just just that we we can't pull it together. So you know, so heck with it. We we'll just say that we we don't even want to do it. Although I mean, you know, I'm sure they're still interested. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And I think that Kafka's take of look, we see that you guys are headed off a cliff. You should see it too. You know, this seems this seems like it should. You know, I hate to say it, but win win win, right? That this yeah. is. Good. This such a deal would be good for Apple. It would be good for Apple TV users, and it would be good for the, these TV channels because they'd have this life after cable. Uh, but if you guys want to wait till you go over the cliff, and then we'll work it out, sort it out at the end. Uh, I guess that's what we'll do. Because <laughs> it really I, for me for me it would obviously it would be great because I, I, we don't get cable, and every once in a while that's a problem. Uh, the, the funny, the funny thing was like when we, when we first canceled cable, it was, <laughs> my wife called me, I was back when I was working in an office and she called me and she said, I canceled cable. And I was like, oh, and this was, it was, uh, what would have been six years ago? Something like that. Anyway, it was a year, it was the year of the Olympics. So the winter Olympics, <laughs> I was like, I was thinking we would do it right after the Olympics. <laughs> she was like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So we didn't watch the Olympics that year. Um, but, um, you know, but we have not, we have not looked back other than, other than every once in a while there being like something like that, that I think uh, would be really nice to watch as it airs, but you know, it's not worth the ongoing cost to us. Yeah. And it's, it just seems to me that I would think, and again, I'm making this up, so I'm not an analyst. So I can make stuff up. I think though, that cord cutting is a, uh, it's, it's a good demographic. Like it's not people are cutting the cord because they can't afford cable. It's because they're technically savvy enough that they've got devices that they can use to fill up, you know, the four hours of time they mm-hmm. want to spend entertaining themselves on a screen without cable. Yeah. You know, and well, it's like, yeah, I was spending so much time getting my media some other way, you know, time and money getting right. my media some other way, like either buying it off of iTunes or um, getting it someplace where I wouldn't have to have ads in it that I was not. I mean, I certainly wasn't devoting $60 a month of my entertainment. You know, I was spending so yeah. much more on that compared to the other stuff that it just didn't make sense anymore. Yeah. I just don't understand why these the TV executives wouldn't want to get a piece of that pie you know get involved yeah i well like you know like kafka alludes they, they, they probably will eventually yeah and i i don't know i just can't help but think that the app model is it's just not ideal it's 
you know, it's not bad and it works. And there are some of those stations, you know, I call them stations. It works if you're big, right? I mean, it works if you're HBO. But I don't think it works necessarily for everybody. Yeah, HBO does it pretty well. I think that their Apple TV app, I think the interface is a little confusing. The, the, the navigation, I don't know if you've used it, but the... Uh, yeah, just a bit. It's it's a... Conf- the, the, there's like a, a simple... Like iOS really hammered it home, but it's like that, that old Next column view, you know, from the Next Finder or whatever, they, the file manager. And now that you have it in the Finder, right? And it's such a simple little thing, but it's so brilliant where you, you know, start on the left, this is the root, and as you go deeper... It just keeps sliding over, mm-hmm. right? The whole iPhone uh, interface is built on that, right? So far left conceptually is here's all of your email accounts. You go into one of them. Here's all of the mailboxes in that account. You hit a mailbox. Here's all of the messages in that mailbox. Just keep going to the right. Uh, the the Apple TV is large. You know, a lot of the stuff in Apple TV is is largely like that. The 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 HBO app is just sort of like here's a whole yeah. bunch of things you can tap and it'll take you somewhere and there's no I have no idea how to get back to where I just was. Yeah. But anyway, well, it one works. of my big, one of my biggest complaints about the Apple TV is the fact that it it brought it brought some crappy apps. I think. Yeah. Like I think the Netflix app is not as good as it used to be. Yeah. Totally. And maybe it's the same. Maybe it's the same on the old. Maybe there's an update that came to the older ones too, and it's yeah. not as good as well. But they they did a they did an update, and actually I, maybe that's true because I think the iOS one is not as good as it used to be either. Um, it seems like they did an update that was trying to get their you know again going back to sort of what we were talking about earlier about Microsoft and Google trying to get their app experience the same off of uh, across all those platforms. Yeah. And it, you know, that experience was not nearly as good as the original iOS um, apps were. Um, the good thing about HBO, this uh, I salute you, HBO, you are doing it right, is that they they don't have any kind of like window. So like if you want to watch Game of Thrones on Sunday night because you don't want spoilers, uh, mm-hmm. you can watch it on the HBO app as soon as it's on, you know, the TV station. Yeah. Really like that. When I used to be into, well, I, was, I loved it. It was probably my favorite show of all time, Mad Men. Um, I always bought it on iTunes so that I could watch it without ads and, with, and without even, you know, I mean, this is me and my money just pouring through my fingers <laughs> because I don't even, I have TiVo, of course, but I didn't, you know, don't even like skipping the ads. It's, it, the, the show is too, I thought Mad Men was so cinematic that it, it was just wrecking it. It's like watching a movie with, with commercials. I don't even want to do the blip, blip, blip. Um, so I would buy, I would buy the season pass on iTunes. Um, but they'd make, it would only come out like 24 hours later. And Mad Men wasn't like Game of Thrones where there were these crazy plot twists and it wasn't nearly as popular. You know, it was popular, but Game of Thrones is insanely yeah. popular. So yeah. you didn't have to worry well, about Game of, Yeah, Game of Thrones is the kind of thing where everybody's watching it at the same time. And, you know, it's on Twitter, you can see, you know when it's happening right. because everybody's commenting on it as it's being aired. Right. And so I didn't, it wasn't so much that I was worried about a 24 hour window where I could encounter a spoiler. It was just a vague frustration that I'm really looking forward to this next episode of the show. Like maybe, you know, if there was like a, some kind of cliffhanger the week before, uh, it just felt annoying to me that I'm the sucker who paid money, even though I've got cable where I can watch it for free. I've given you more money so that I can watch it without the commercial interruptions. Uh, uh, and you're making me wait 24 hours. Like, I feel yeah. like I should get it 24 hours early, if anything. Yeah. 
The other reason, but, it's, but is and, and the stupid thing is the whole thing is predicated on deals that they have with cable providers. Yeah. The other right. thing I will say, yes, this is true too. Right? I don't know how HBO. And, and so you're it, you're but, suffering you're suffering because of a deal they made with somebody else. Yeah. Uh, in my defense, also, I will defend my my my, my financial finagling. Uh, I <laughs> you have, need wealth front. You need wealth front. I, I, I you know what they I should put all my money in there so I can stop wasting it on stop, stop spending it on I don't TV shows that you get other ways. I don't know what my annual returns are on the episodes of Mad Men I own, but I don't For I you it's, it's not what it's not one one and a half percent or whatever they said it's no. it's more like two three percent because they would advise you to yeah. stop spending your money on TV shows. I will say this I have watched Mad Men in its entirety twice. Although I I didn't watch the last season, rewatch the last season yet. But I've watched everything but the last season uh entirely twice so and i you know so it that would have uh, you know wouldn't have still been on my tivo so i would have had to buy it somehow <laughs> you do you watch uh do you watch kimmy schmidt uh yes i don't know if i've if we completed season two i don't know if we have or not but i know we're at least halfway through season two and i we did watch okay. season one because john ham is is the um is oh the crazy. oh yeah we did finish it because i know that yeah. there's a spoil i won't say it there is a yeah, okay. a, a, yeah a, i won't say it either yes though. now that but you there's mentioned a great there's a great joke about that what was the joke about john ham is that a spoiler can you say that well i mean my you know <laughs> kind of ruins the joke but oh, it's, okay. it's in reference to um uh, him being, well, they will, I'll say it. If, if you don't want to, if you don't skip over this, if you don't want to know what the, skip what the 30 is, seconds, but she's, she talks about how, you know, how the, the guy that held her captive was so crazy. And like one of the things that he, he thought that he wrote that Coke song. Oh, I, I, that slipped past me. I didn't notice that. Oh, I did not catch that joke. <laughs> It's and it's delivered, yeah, because it's delivered in a very like you know like most of the jokes. It's like a very offhand, like so they're just walking down the street and and you know and I think like she's talking to Titus or something, and his next line cuts right in. You know, yeah. what I mean, like they 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 don't spend any time on it at all. It just they just deliver it and move on. So it's it's an odd segue, but I will go with it. Uh, one of the things I was talking. After we watched the season two of Kimmy Schmidt, so anybody who doesn't know, it's the uh, TV show on Netflix, uh, Unbreakable, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, or just Unbreakable, I think it's the Kimmy Unbreakable Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt, yeah, uh, created by Tina Fey. I don't know who else deserves creator credit. Um, and if you liked Thirty Rock, you'll like this show. It's I, I don't yeah. I don't see how it, you know I don't see how anybody who liked Thirty Rock wouldn't like this show, and it right. is so densely populated with jokes and the thing that it's really struck me is that it, it now that there's a second show in this style it's it's like tina fey it's i know everybody loves her and she's you know super popular and you know does award shows and all, has all these accolades but i still feel like it's almost like under remarked upon how she's like invented like a a, a format for a sitcom that is like like an entire order of magnitude denser with jokes than, than anything that came before it. <laughs> like it's, it's exquisite. Like if you really think about it and I think about it as a write, I mean, I don't write screenplays, but uh, you know, I write, it, it just seems impossible to me that they come up with 10 or 20 episodes that, yeah. that densely packed with jokes, like almost every single word out of every character's mouth is a joke. <laughs> 
there's no setup. It's uh, it's just relentless. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, it's not like you're sitting there laughing the entire time nonstop. It's, you know, but it's, I find it incredibly engaging because it's yeah. just so smart. It's like the smartest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And there's, it's, and it has another layer to it too. I think there's like things going on that you have to, you have to, it's one of those things like I, I will, I made a mistake in watching the most recent season of Arrested Development, which was trying to watch it while doing something else. <laughs> um, I had it on in the background, like when I was making dinner and stuff and things like that. And you can't, and I really didn't appreciate it. Um, and so I need to go back and like, I think devote because the way that show interweaves with things going on, particularly that show, like where interviews and things are going on in the background that are really the funny part. A lot of the times it's like, you see something going yeah, on yeah. that's that happened in a previous episode that's going on in the background right then. Um, that makes the joke in the foreground funny. Yeah. Um, it demands and, your attention. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think this is kind of like that too, where you can, if you're not really paying attention, you can miss a lot. Yeah. So that's what my recommendation is anybody, if you're looking for something good to watch, get into the unbreakable yeah. Kimmy Schmidt, super yeah. smart. I, I just, yeah. and almost impossible. <laughs> and John Hamm is very funny on it. <laughs> it was great. That was great casting. I never even mentioned the premise of the show. The, <laughs> it, if you're not aware, I mean, maybe most people are aware, but the premise of the show, it's so, it's almost sick. The premise of the show is that Kimmy Schmidt, the main yeah. character is, uh, <laughs> she's a mole woman <laughs> she's a mole woman she was kidnapped as a teenager by a, a a weirdo and kept in an underground bunker for 20 years or something was it like 20 10. years 10, 10 years. i think yeah so she like missed you know like the bush administration or something like that but she yeah. went from like 15 to 15 i can't remember something like that yeah yeah because yeah. it, it feels like it was the 90s when she was captured and then the and show maybe it was twenty. Maybe it was. The show starts with her and and the other women who were captured by this guy escaping from from <laughs> and going you know assimilating back into regular life. Yeah, and and they don't show and they don't show the guy the crazy. I mean, they he they show him from like the back, right? Um, for episodes and episodes, and then he finally shows up toward the end, um, or at least you know like it, you know more than halfway through the first season, and it's John Hamm. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It's great. There were uh, John, and then there's a. T- I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a trial and where John Hamm goes on trial for what he did, and it really reminded me. Like, and he he represents himself as his, as his attorney, and it so reminded me of of my all time favorite Simpson character, which was Lionel Hutz, the the lawyer. Uh-huh. The who was he played by? Uh, uh, Phil Hartman. Oh, Phil Hartman. Yeah. The Lionel Hutz was to me the funniest thing ever on The Simpsons. That's yeah. why you're the judge and I'm the law talking guy. You mean an attorney? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what else is going on? What else we have to talk about? Uh, are you, uh, you? Are you guys? Are you guys submitting yourselves so, yourselves for uh, Planet of the Apps? Oh no, I don't get this at all. I really don't. I don't I, either. I really don't. It's really. Strange. I mean, I, get, I mean, I. For, well, first of all, I'm not. I'm not a fan of reality TV. Right. So, not a good. You know, I may not be a good person to judge this. Um, I kind of get it in in that it's a marketing tool for the app store, I guess. Um. But um, so Apple you know, and sort of ties in in that regard, but it does. It seems Apple like is co-producing 
a upcoming yeah. reality show with with uh, some production company that does regular reality shows, you know, obviously has experience with it, where it's going to be a, about developers making apps. And it just, uh, from what I know of reality TV, it's like, it, it's, you know, it's, it's all this like emotional soap opera stuff, you know, it's, it, yeah. It and and I can't think of anything. I mean, this is like the most like developing apps is is it's not cinematic, you know. It's a lot of typing. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are they going to show? I I don't get it. I mean, maybe I want to see Craig. I want to see Craig Hockenberry sitting at a computer. <laughs> right. I just don't see how that's a show. I don't get it. But anyway, Apple's doing it and they're taking uh, applications. And you have to go, you have to be willing to live in Los Angeles for a couple of months at the end of the year. And they said, please don't sign up. Did you see this on the fact? It was like, please mm-hmm. don't sign up yeah. if you can't do that. If you can't commit like two months to like. Right. I mean, maybe the guy, maybe the, maybe the guy that <laughs> decided he wasn't going to answer his email to go to New Zealand, he could do it. But <laughs> Well, I can see how some, you know, developers definitely could, especially young ones. And maybe that's part of the gist of the show is that it's, you know, the, the, sort of 20 something demographic uh uh so i you know i could see it i guess i i, I don't know it just seems very strange it, the, the strange part to me it doesn't seem so strange that somebody would make a show about aptabound but it seems strange to me that apple is is mm-hmm. is co-producing it and it's going to be so this is like the first original content you know to loop it back with the previous topic of the show that they're mm-hmm. you know it's original content that apple is going to give out through the itunes store somehow and it just seems very strange that it would be a reality show when everybody yeah. else's exclusive content is stuff like Kimmy Schmidt and, <laughs> you know, uh, Daredevil, House, House of Cards. Yeah, Daredevil, House of Cards. You know, it's mm-hmm. all these, these, you know, cinematic, really good shows, really good shows, and <laughs> really this. great shows that are very compelling to watch. Right. And we're going to have some guys typing. <laughs> T Mobile is giving users a free year a year of free data to play pokemon go yeah i wonder how that works technically like how do they know what data is used for pokemon go and and... oh that's a good point i mean i guess i mean there's got to be a way to identify it somehow yeah i don't know i don't i don't get it or you're Uh, not you're not you're not on t-mobile right uh no not really i i had that my yeah i told you i have the the uh Oh, okay. Your Android, Android is? Yeah, my Android is on a uh, um, month-to-month T-Mobile plan. Okay. I think I've, if I were going to switch, I'd probably switch to T-Mobile. Yeah, I, I would like to, but we don't have enough good coverage. of. Um, I, I wrote a thing, gosh, was it a year ago? Um, for um, Macworld? Tom's Hardware. Oh, Tom's Hardware. Um, and I did a... They they were they were doing a series of like studies of who had the best coverage in certain cities, and I did oh. their I did the testing for them for um, Seattle, and spent a bunch of time you know driving around testing these different carriers on these um, on these Android phones, and um, T-Mobile was was the fastest, but um, when I brought the <laughs> came home with the phones, we didn't get any coverage here. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, speed is uh, nice, but it's, it's coverage is key. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't really an option. I mean, really, our, our only option where we are right now is Verizon because we had the same experience with AT&T. And we got one of those cell, those microcells, and it didn't work for... Yeah, those things are garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'd have to test with this phone before I switch and see if it covers everything. I mean, I but figure where you are, it's probably you're probably safe. I think it probably is, but and it's such a better deal. I forget what we pay for Verizon, but mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a lot. Yeah, all around, it's a better deal, right? I mean, yeah. you've get you've got more flexibility and it's cheaper. Yeah, and when they tell you it's fifty dollars a month, you get charged fifty dollars, like fifty point zero dollars, which is amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> It's like it's it's fifty dollars a month, and you get three gigs, and you get your your credit card notification. That I get a notification that my credit card was charged fifty point zero dollars. T Mobile, yeah, Pretty it nice. wasn't. I mean, I mean, I think I'm getting a better and better deal with out of Verizon. I feel like because we added Hank, mm-hmm. um, and and he does not use a small amount of data, and sometimes that's a problem. But um, we're still paying. I think we're paying less than we were a year ago. Can I tell you what Jonas so. did? So Jonas, we have 15 gigabytes of shared data among the three of us on Verizon. And <laughs> that's Amy and that's I went lot. Amy That's and probably I, three times what we have. And it's three times more than we used most months. And I just but it's um grandfathered in. It's almost like it's like the Verizon yeah. version of the old AT&T 5 gig, mm-hmm. you know, all unlimited. You the all, yeah, yeah, the unlimited. Which I bet a, a surprising number of people are still hanging on to. Paul was for a long time. I don't know if I think he finally got off of it. But. I think Casey List is too. I've, I've yeah. somebody. I think Casey List. I, I, somebody was talking on a podcast recently about how they're still hanging on to it, which drives me. I can't believe anybody does it because you can't tether. Like I don't right. care how much you love it, I, the <laughs> unlimited data plan that you have on no. AT But tethering is so important to me. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm. I told you, I'm literally tethered to my Verizon right. phone right now as we speak. The show would that's not be happening. Rec- that's how we're recording this show. Uh, it is so essential to my mobile computing. It's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, we're grandfathered in at like a better rate than you can get now for 15 gigs. And we, Amy and I flew out to uh, California for WWDC. Jonas had just gotten out of school that, you know, the Friday before was his last day of school. And he was with Amy's sister for the week. And uh, on <laughs> like, the Monday of WWDC, I got a notice from Verizon that we've used up 14.9 gigabytes of our 15 gigabyte plan. <laughs> and our billing cycle uh, ends on the 12th, meaning it ends on the 12th of July, a month later. <laughs> so it was literally like at the like the first day of the billing cycle. Jonas used like 15, 15 gigabytes of data in like 48 hours. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't Did, know what to say, and, and I realized, like in the old days, like I, I feel like maybe it was a test. Like at first, there was a moment where I w- was <laughs> furious. I was furiously <laughs> angry because he he's a smart kid. He knows what Wi-Fi is, or at least he's smart enough to know what you know. Yeah. He knows what Wi-Fi is. He just never got on. Got on their Wi-Fi when he got, got on there. their Wi-Fi when he got there and yeah. just yeah. <laughs> watched nonstop high definition YouTube for yeah. forty eight hours. Right, right. Uh, Man, and, that's a lot though. Even even with it's crazy. Even, 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 even watching that, I mean, fifteen. You know. Well, then I got. I kind of got proud. I was like, well, that's actually kind of an. You know, my kid used fifteen gigs of data in forty eight <laughs> hours. Like. <laughs> 
You know, that's like the equivalent for me. in the baby book. Like, you know, Jonas isn't very good at sports, but, you know, it's sort of like, you know, (laughs) hit for the cycle. He's very good at using data. Very good at using data. (laughs) But I figured out that they were going to charge me, I forget what it is, but it's like once you go over, you have to pay for every gigabyte. And I knew it was going to be a fairly, you know, the whole WWDC week was ahead of me. We were, you know, the the week where we were at Disney World was in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be a nightmare. This is like the, like the, he did this on the day of the month, starting on the billing cycle where we probably actually, this is the time we actually used the 15 gigs. In fact, I remember it was at Disney World the one year where I upped the, I upped our plan to the 15 gig plan. But I checked and upgrading, uh, like you can temporarily upgrade to a higher plan. Like Verizon is nice about that. Yeah. Uh, right. So you can go to 20 or 25 or something like that. But once you do, I, I couldn't ever go back down to this 15 gig plan we had oh. because it no longer exists. And yeah. I figured that we're going to, it would be better to just pay like, like seriously, like an extra $150 this month for all of our overage. <laughs> But we'll make up for it in the. We really would make up for it in the long run as long as we stay in Verizon. Oh my god! And of course, now here I am talking about switching to T-Mobile. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you need to get your money out of it first. I I, I I did not yell at Jonas. I feel like this is where I'm a good parent. Like I, you know, by the time I I, I conversed with him about the situation, I was calm, and I Sharp I think light. I. I was, you know, in similar tone that I am now. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, but uh, I just remember, like, when I was a kid, if I had done something like that, that had, that had resulted in our family having to pay a $150 yeah. for something that I could have done for free just by turning on Wi-Fi and logging on to my to his aunt's yeah. house Wi-Fi, I, I my parents would have... Uh, uh, I mean, they would. I, they might have had a stroke. I mean, and yeah. they, I can just imagine my my dad would be so mad. Oh my god, it's ludicrous how easy it is. Um, I mean, and I don't want to be. I'm not trying to blame Apple or anybody else, really. But um, it's just technology and giving them access to this stuff. Because when he was when Hank was a little kid, he he spent. I mean, he did like some in-app purchase thing where he got like coins for paper toss or something. It was like you know some. <laughs> ridiculous game and spent like 150 bucks i remember um yeah i think i told you that and then um oh and then like did you call about that one did you pay it or did you call apple and and i think that one i got i got back i think they refunded that um or they refunded most of it or something i can't remember like i i decided i I think what i decided was that some of it should be on me (laughs) because i let you know i i wasn't doing the password logout thing I, you know, they gave him his iPad, you know, I bought the thing for him and I, cause he, you know, he, he wanted like, you know, it was like 10, $10 of coins or something like that's fine. Yeah. Um, so I got him, <laughs> we got him some coins and then he was like, Oh, Hey, I'm still logged in. <laughs> click, 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 click. And I, I, I think what I did was like, I decided some of it I would split, like that was on, part of it was on me. So I paid for half of it and, uh. And they refunded me the other half or something like that. Um, and <laughs> then, and then we, the other thing that happened last year was that it was last, just last year. I think it was, he wanted a, he wanted a book on, uh, on a Kindle book. And so I, I got onto his laptop. This was a terrible mistake. I got onto his laptop and, and, you know, got onto Amazon and bought him the book on Kindle so that he could get it onto his iPad. And then I, you know, my credit card information was left in there. <laughs> and so he was still logged into Amazon. He was just like, 
Yeah, I don't think he knew exactly what, what had happened. I mean, he, he probably did, but he put a couple of things in the cart and, and bought them. <laughs> I, I like, love them. No, no, these are going back. Uh, <laughs> that's, I admire him for that. <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, unfortunately that one, that one, it was like, oh, and and, I mean, so now the thing is like, if he go, if we go over, I'm like, I'm like, I figure like five gigabytes. We mostly spend our time in the house all, you know, I mean, particularly in the, in the summer where we have access to Wi-Fi and, and I, our plan, I think our plan is like five gigs. And I'm like, if we go over and you're using most of it, you're paying for the overage. Mm. That's our, that's our deal. So it comes out of his allowance if he. Jonas has too much. He has, I just like the parenting episode of the show. He has a surprising amount of, of cash (laughs) (laughs) and it's all accumulated from like Mm -hmm. birthdays and, and Christmas and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he literally looks like he's going to Atlantic city to gamble. Like he's got (laughs) like, like a wad of cash in a roll with like a rubber band (laughs) around it. Because it's like we do make him like if he wants to do like an in-app purchase or something, if he wants to get like a ten dollar upgrade for a PlayStation game or whatever, it's like okay, would well, you know, I'll okay it, but you know, you got to give me ten bucks. And yeah. it's like when he takes out that, it's like I never had money like that. I remember when I was like twelve years old, I the most money I ever had at a time was was like enough to buy like a Hot Wheels car, like, like yeah, and they were they used to be about two two bucks. Like like right. buying a Hot Wheels car at Kmart <laughs> would like bankrupt me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe I would scrape together fifteen bucks or something like that. But for the most part, yeah. And and Hank is similar though because and it comes in fits and spurts. And I think it usually is like he's usually very flush because his birthday is near Christmas, so he's usually very flush come January. <laughs> um, but he has also spent like a. I mean, sometimes he just like he just won't buy anything for great stretches of time, and then he'll build up like. I mean, there have been a number of times where he's had like a like a hundred dollar bill just lying around in his room for months. Right? How does that happen? I know. Like, I never have a hundred dollar bill. We squandered our youth going out playing Sandlot baseball. We should have been in the house collecting hundred dollar bills. Uh, I did not make him pay the overage. It just it's clearly it was a mistake and it was a lot of money. But yeah, I, it was yeah. like if it happens, it well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I the first the first one's fine, but after that and and. Well, and that's he had a, already he had already gone over once, so yeah. this wasn't that's the first our, time. That's our new de- that's our new deal. We've had this discussion before. I was like, we're not having this discussion again. You <laughs> have got to realize that you don't watch, you don't go into one of your YouTube uh, uh, fever dreams. A <laughs> few. Uh, <laughs> what does he? What does he watch? Does he watch people people playing games? Is that? Well, I think it's mostly people playing games. I, I whenever I yeah. look at a screen, it's it's always like people playing games. Yeah, yeah. Hank is Hank has gotten into like we went to an arcade. He loves going to these arcades and playing these coin games, which I can't stand mostly. Um, but um, he watches people play these things on YouTube, and so we went yesterday to one of these you know goofy arcades. Um, most you know most of the games of which I can't I can't bear. But uh, there was this one game where you just drop these balls into a uh, into this this thing that's going around that has these holes, and the balls go into the holes, and you know whatever you number you get, you get, and then they give you these tickets, right? Yeah, and you go and exchange the tickets for some crap. Um, but he had been watching; he had apparently been watching 
somebody who figured out like the best way to play this game on YouTube. And he was like, it was like one of those things where the tickets were just like pouring out of the machine. <laughs> Wait, was and like, Hank, Whoa, was able, wow. Hank was able to like replicate it. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, like he already- apparently it, it was the kind of thing where instead of like putting your coins in like one coin and then letting the game play out and then putting another coin in, you just shove like five coins in in succession. And because I guess the way the balls like event, you know, you'll get a ball in a good hole because if there are a number of balls in play at any given time, your chances of getting into a good hole are better because they're all going to go into separate holes. Hmm. Whereas if you drop one ball, you could get, you could get a crappy hole every single time. Um, but if you drop like 10 balls, one of them is probably going to go into one. That's a really high number. And then you can take the tickets up and get candy or toys. Yeah, or yeah. And then yeah, you get <laughs> this place is not just their their gifts were pretty lousy. Arcades aren't what they used to be, John. No, they're not what they used to be. Well, remember- we didn't we didn't get prizes at all when we went to an arcade. But um, the, there's a place at the beach where that had that we this place that we go to the beach um, has a great arcade and the prizes are are pretty good. Um, but this place was pretty crappy, so he ended up with a whole bunch of tootsie rolls. <laughs> He ended up with a laser pointer and a bunch of Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, Jonas had a party at a, was it a birthday party at a place like that uh, sometime in the last few months. And when we picked them up, like everybody was just cashing in their tickets for candy. Like, yeah. Nobody was looking at the toys. It's all candy. Yeah. yeah, that's what, I mean, he wanted to get nothing but candy, but I was like, no, nah, you should get something. Get something else. Don't just have candy or lying around the house. You'll be bouncing off the walls. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I, uh, I don't know if you did. You, would you want to circle back to that Samsung laptop? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess we could do that. Wrap up. <laughs> we up. didn't. We, we alluded to it earlier, but didn't. Yeah, that's actually a good up. topic. So I I linked to a a review. I forget who where it was. Where was it? Uh, Gizmodo, I believe. Gizmodo reviews the Samsung Notebook Seven Spin. Alex Kranz was was the reviewer, and. Uh, uh, <laughs> like it was so presumptuous. He said, Apple, take note. This is what people are actually looking for in a laptop under a thousand bucks. And it, you know, it looks like a fine Windows laptop, but it is, it looks to me a lot like a three or four year old MacBook Pro where they were thicker and, uh, well, it's huge. It's very huge. It's and one it, thing. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know when to stop. It's like, I've, it's a short link piece. And, you know, I was doing it from my phone. But I felt like this was one of those ones where I could take it apart, you know, to do the old school thing where I quote as much of it as I want and just, yeah. you know, make fun of each thing. Because I got some, it's like he goes on and on at the beginning and the end about how great this machine is. And then at one I point, it's, it's a, like, I think it's a she. I think it's a she. Oh, I'm not, oh, I'm not I don't know. All right. I, I didn't even think about that. I could be. I hope I didn't use any, I didn't use any pronouns. So I didn't really talk yeah. about Alex. So he or she, I'll, I'll say she. Yeah. Uh, but at one point it comes up that her. the thing she, weighs- she uses her, she uses her and her, um, yeah. So, okay. She. So, um, my apologies to Alex Kranz, um, five pounds. It's like so heavy. It's like, and, yeah. and, and, and she even talks about how it's, it's kind of heavy and clunky. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it has like a, it has like a, um, like a keypad, right? It has the, like the number keypad yes. Yes. because the, because the thing is so big, the yes. keyboard is actually like a full like desktop. Right. Size keyboard. That would bother me. One reason that would bother me. I like, I, I don't really need the keypad. I don't do a lot of spreadsheet work, but uh, I wouldn't mind having arrows over there. But it would bother me to have my hands off center. 
Yeah. Well, right? and that's the thing that I've noticed. I mean, so Hank has a, he's got a, a Lenovo, which I can't stand, but, um, and, and, you know, and is a perfect example of how lousy plastic laptops are. Cause he's rough on everything. Yeah. Um, but it, he, you know, just by opening and closing the, the lid a lot broke the hinge on the, on the, the screen. Yeah. And so, I mean, fortunately we sent it, I mean, they, they actually fixed it for free, um, which was nice, but, um, I just, and, and, but now he's, now he's hot on, like, he wants to, he wants a, he wants a laptop that's all metal, yeah. which is really like, if you want a windows laptop, it, that is not easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of ones that look like metal, but they're actually the, yeah. so this thing plastic. is, this thing is, um, is five pounds. So it's a, it's a half a pound heavier than the 15 inch MacBook pro and is um, made of plastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wrote, here's what I wrote. Any laptop thick enough for an ethernet port is too thick. And <laughs> a lot of readers push back because, you know, it's me being a little confront, uh, confrontation, but, you know, just being short and sweet. But what I mean by that, I understand the whole idea that there are people who would be, you know, are a lot of readers, I got a lot of email from people saying, well, I would gladly take a thicker laptop that got better battery life. I don't carry it that much. It doesn't bother me. I've got so much other crap in my bag, you know, an extra half a pound or a pound isn't that big a difference. I don't get Apple's obsession with thinness. You know, what are they going to do? Keep making them going until the MacBook is as thin as an iPad. Actually, I think, yeah, that is Apple's goal. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm writing sort of from Apple's perspective here saying that any laptop thick enough for an ethernet port is too thick. It's certainly, I'm not trying to say that that's a universal truism and that there's nobody who wouldn't actually prefer a thicker laptop that got better battery life. I'm saying because that's the to me the gist of the review from Gizmodo was the the presumptuousness of trying to say that the angle that got me I wouldn't have even noted the review if it wasn't written from the perspective of Samsung has made the laptop Apple should be making, which I think is almost yes. literally what she wrote, where yes. it's like this is somebody who has like no <laughs> idea what Apple's design philosophy and goals are, <laughs> like they do not want to make a thicker MacBook. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a market that they're not in. Right. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a cheap, you know, you know, it's the same thing. Maybe it's a, it's good for that class, but it's not a class that they make. It's the same, same thing with the phones. I mean, like I know that there are plenty of people listening to me talk right now who would be happy to buy a new iPhone that was, you know, significant, like maybe as thick as the original iPhone. Uh, and just have all that extra space to go to the battery and just have that battery right there, you know, a thicker battery, you know, not a preposterously thick phone. Just go back to the, the thickness of like the 3GS or something like that. Or yeah. even, I'm well, sure. We, I mean, sure we, but people, we both have an iPhone SE, right? Uh, I don't, I don't use it as my daily phone anymore. I, I never bought it. Oh, okay. One. And I don't, okay. you know, I, I don't want to use a review phone as a personal device. So right, I didn't, right. I didn't buy one. We could go into it if you want, but I'm torn, <laughs> terribly torn. Um, I'm, I've seen other people say when I bring this up before that they'll say I would, I would even go back to the thickness of the iPhone four, just anything to put a little bit more battery in there because it just seems. I, I also think it's maybe it's subjective, but that it's just your perception. But so many people seem to think that they just need you know like twenty percent more. You know that it's just mm-hmm. like the last like two or three hours of the day is when the phone dies. Um, and I know that there are people who would buy it, but Apple's not going to muddle their product line by having thicker phones and thinner phones just so the battery's built in. And it's, it's just the way that it is. And I think that, I don't think Apple's doing it without 
some market research that they know that in the store, people tend to buy the thinner phone. Yeah. Well, I, and I said this before, but I, the back before the, what, before the six, I guess, one of the things that the only other thing that I was ever really envious about certain Android phones was how thin they were. Um, but I, that said, I am using an iPhone SE now and I'm glad to have it be the battery last a little bit longer. It does. It definitely. I'm, does. I'm mostly, gl- but I'm mostly glad that it's a smaller phone. I mean, I'm mostly. Yeah. It, for me, it's all about getting back to a smaller size. Yeah. Do you want to hear me explain why I didn't buy an sure, iPhone? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the size in the hand. I find I found though that with my particular vision problems right now, it's uh-huh. it, the size of text. Like, and it's not even with the retina. The retina, the bad eye, my bad left eye with the the the, the had the retina damage and and just even leaving it aside, even in my, my right eye, which is perfectly healthy. Um, when I'm wearing my contact lenses, I really have trouble focusing at anything less than an arm's distance away, unless yeah. I have really bright light. Um, and if I wear glasses, I can take off my glasses and I still, cause I'm so badly nearsighted. I can see up close real, real near. Um, so I could use the iPhone SE, but it, it really helps me. I love it. I mean, and I write about accessibility all the time, but you know, my, and my vision problems are almost nothing. I shouldn't even complain about them compared to people who are like actually blind. I mean, yeah, I know I have friends who have truly, truly terrible vision, you know, and, and turn on the ridiculously large accessibility sizes for text mm-hmm. in iOS. And the, the, you know, I have my, but the, the way that you can resize text in iOS, I have it like two clicks up and it really makes a difference when I'm wearing my contact lenses. I really appreciate it. It's, it's, I can read so much easier and in darker situations than I could otherwise. Um, and on the, I found that on the iPhone SE, if I made text big enough for me to see with my contacts in, it's, it's just yeah, a little too, too cramped. Yeah. Like, so if, if I had the same vision I had even just five years ago, really, I mean, I've really, it's just, I've just hit the point where the presbyopia, you know, the, the, you probably know, but the presbyopia is where when you get older, when you start needing reading glasses and you have yeah. dif- difficulty focusing at closer distances, it's really hit me in the last five years. If I had the vision I had five years ago, I'd have the iPhone SE without question. It's really, to me, it's an accessibility thing with the text and yeah. combine that with the fact that I know I'm probably going to buy an iPhone, whatever they call it this September. Why <laughs> buy an iPhone SE just to use for five months? Yeah, well, I'm I'm into it now, so... <laughs> Um, and Karen and Hank are both on the, uh, that plan, the Apple plan. So they're the ones who are going to get the new phone in the mm-hmm. fall. And I'm not, <laughs> I, I mean, otherwise, if it wasn't for my eyes, bottom line, I would love the SE. I really would. Yeah. It's probably good that we brought that up. Cause I know, I think my review was such a rave about it that it kind of left it up in the air. And like at WWDC, a couple people saw me using my iPhone 6S and were surprised that I didn't have an SE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I understand. I mean, I understand that. My mom, my mom has a, she had a, she had a 3GS for years and then finally got, uh, I think she got the, gosh, did she get the 6S or the 6? I think she got the 6 when it came out. Um, and, um, and she doesn't have any battery problem with it because every time she's done with it, she shuts it down. <laughs> <laughs> 